In September 1943, 20 Jewish Red Army prisoners of war, the soldiers who had the necessary expertise to pull off an escape, arrived at Sorbibor on a transport from the Minsk ghetto and were selected for labor. One of them, Alexander Pechersky, would become a leader of the revolt, which began late in the afternoon on the 14th of October 1943. The targets were carefully selected and the first person to be assassinated by the prisoners was Deputy Commander of Sorbibor, Johann Niemann, who was the highest-ranking SS officer on duty that day. On that day, at 4pm, Johann Niemann, after a ride on horseback, was lured to a scheduled appointment with a tailor in the tailor's barracks, with a promise to be fitted for a leather jacket taken from a murdered Jew. When Niemann arrived at the tailor's barracks, armed with his pistol and whip as usual, Alexander Shubayev, a Jewish Red Army prisoner, was already waiting for him with an axe in his hand. When Niemann came inside and asked the tailor what Shubayev was doing there with an axe, the tailor replied that he was there to repair the table. The tailor then asked Niemann to remove his pistol holster, put on the jacket, and turn around and check if any alterations were needed in the back. When Niemann complied, Alexander Shubayev snuck up behind him and buried the axe into the back of his head, splitting his skull open. Niemann was dead on the spot. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Aside in a clone wars. Welcome to Brattle World. I'm your host, the ever amazing, ever spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Clone Wars, where two similar pieces of media clash to be crowned champion. Two go in, and only one comes out. And it is again, for the final time, World War II month. It's been a hell of a ride. Me and Andy going through all these true events, true facts and figures. And it's been scary. It's been depressing. It's been interesting. And uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed the whole month because I know I have. And uh, I'm, I'm glad the kind of things we picked out and the, the stuff we've had and the guests we've had to join us as well. I thought um, they've all been amazing. And we've got one more thing or two more things to talk about. So we're going to be talking about the escape from Sobibor, which inspired two films and it inspired Escape from Sobibor 1987 and the 2018 version as well. We're going to go. There's quite a few differences between these films, though, at the same time. And we'll get into that. Uh, but we have uh, our final guest is here and has joined us, and he's gone through both of these films like an absolute soldier, considering how dark, depressing, and full of horrific true-life things that occurred. Super Dummy Paul is here with us. Uh, his eyes super have been opened. Depressed, super Dummy. Super, <laughs> super, super depressed, super dummy, yeah. Super <laughs> super eyes open, super informed now of, of the kind of horrible things that went on. Um, if you don't know, Sobibor was a death camp, much like Auschwitz uh, and all the other ones as well. Uh, slightly smaller, but still scary, terrible 
experience uh, that we experienced twice. We got to we got the pleasure of experiencing this twice, Paul. So uh, I'm so glad you made it. I'm so glad you could be here. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, me too. I guess. Thing. <laughs> Possibly. Thanks. You're so grateful. Yeah, it's great. Lovely. Well, we well, all are. We're all we're all grateful. But no, seriously, Paul, I do I do appreciate you. I know you you tend to watch these films two or three times because I know your your memory isn't the greatest, much like mine. Yes, uh, so uh, I'm glad that you did that once and two or three times or however many times you've done it. But I do appreciate um, you being here and taking the time to experience this with us. But there is a one man to blame for uh, our our feelings uh, and and to have opened our eyes to this. So it's Angry Andy. I gave Angry Andy maybe seven different clone balls you could have picked all based on world war ii events all based on facts like stalingrad versus stalingrad or midway versus midway there was loads of others loads of why didn't you pick that one (laughs) and that is is exactly why i'm going to pass it over to andy and say (laughs) of all the world war ii fact-based films we could have compared why did we have to do these two andy well, I think, really, I think you can't really do anything to do with World War II without looking at what is arguably the worst, most heinous part of World War II, and that is the, the treatment of, um, as you said prior to us starting the recording, the the perceived undesirables by the, the Nazi Third Reich, the treatment of them and what happened to, and what happened to them with the, with the, the death camps. Um, and that's what these two films focus on. Sobibor was a death camp in the east of Poland, so pretty much near to the uh, sort of uh, the Soviet frontier. And this particular camp was the fourth deadliest out of all of them. And considering it shut down in 1943, following what obviously happens in this film, which we'll discuss, which is pretty much a, a complete res- revolt by um, the prisoners there. A successful result, revolt in some way, but it had the weird effect of sort of forcing the Nazis to alter their their plans, their way of doing things, tightening security, and and they they hid this camp pretty pretty well after the fact. Um, and I think it, it's important in any sort of discussion about World War Two. You can look at the action movies, you can look at the grand fights, the the, the you know the, the pomp and ceremony, the the glory and all this, you know, from the Allies. But you do you do need to pay justice and you know thought and feeling to those millions of people that were were treated in such a terrible way. And aside from Schindler's list, I think these these two films possibly hone it in in the best possible way. In terms of education um, pure horror because they don't hold back. They don't hold back at all. My grandmother introduced me to Escape from Sobibor, so the the 1987 version, which was a British TV movie. It was premiered on ITV of all places and CBS in America. And in the UK, they played it in its full sort of uncut variation, <laughs> which is surprising for the uh, UK at the time. And my 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 nan, um, she was a history teacher. And one of her specialities was um, this particular section of the Second World War. So the the the, the Holocaust itself, um, Operation Reinhardt, basically every all the all the gruesome details, the, the types of people that were sent to these camps, you know, and what happened to them. And this particular camp in general was used as as a perceived as a labour camp, and people went there under extremely false pretenses. I think 
pretty much every camp people were sent under false pretenses and treated uh, in horrific ways i've never seen the the, the recent one uh, it escapes me when it was released is it 2018 I 2018 think it was. correct yeah, I've never seen that one up until, you know, till I made the decision to look at both of these. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the discussion is around sort of like mm. um, the different portrayals, because I think the 87 one portrays it in in such a such a strange way. It almost doesn't seem realistic, but it's just as hard hitting, if not more, I think, yeah. than the grim, gory, much more realistic um, 2018 film. Well, that's why I wanted to sort of look at these because I remember my my nan talking to me about this kind of stuff, and you know my nan being a history teacher, I think that's where a lot of my 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 fascination for you know World War Two came from, and then obviously my father being in the military kind of accelerated all that. So there there is there is reason why I wanted us to look at this, but the horror obviously being the main point, but you know paying tribute and respect, I think as well. Absolutely. And I, I agree. I'm glad you picked these because I think, again, it's um, I think it was one of the first things uh, we decided on, I think, between the two of us, what we were going to cover. I, and I kind of tailored a lot of the stuff around that and some other stuff. I definitely wanted to do Sarah and, and this. So the other two films kind of came and went and got mixed around a lot. But the, this was for you, it was like number one, the bullet. You didn't even question any of the other options. It was just like, has to be sober has to be and yeah. i'm glad i'm glad yeah. i'm glad you picked that because i think it is jokes aside yes there is a lot of awful stuff in this but it is important that we do remember and we don't make these mistakes again you know we you know we talk about people you know like we said the perceived undesirables you know trump not very long ago had an internment camp for with illegal immigrants coming into the country yeah. Yeah. you know it's not it's not a million miles <clears throat> away from today, even though it happened no. 70 plus years well, ago. Even this week, sorry to just quickly jump in, even this week, there is um, a sort of immigration um, building down south, which they, um, they've been told to paint over murals featuring uh, yes. Mickey Mouse and some cartoon characters, because it's, it's a place where um, some, you know, children come across, you know, in the small boats alone, got nobody else, and they come across and it's been they've been told to paint over it because it paints too nice a picture of what's going to happen which is horrifying you know the the way you look at it is like oh we just paint it over because you know it's maybe there are too, too no, welcoming it's, it's paint it's, yeah, yeah. it's too welcoming a picture yeah and that's horrifying you know and, it, and again like is that happening again like you can you could see it in maybe you know a lot of the a lot of these trans laws that are coming into place people are trying to push that and they're going oh let's let's look at this group of people they're different they're not like us let's push them contain them lock them up you know it's not a million miles away from from this story and the survivors of this story of this you know of this historical events really happened dedicated their lives to telling this story over and over and over and over and it's always going to be a relevant story and we should listen always listen yeah. um and that's why it's been retold you know there's been tv documentaries there's a ton of articles in youtube videos you can find on it for more detail but that's why it is so important because we may one day forget the mistakes of the past and be doomed to repeat them yeah i follow the uh, auschwitz memorial on twitter and it's it's i mean, I, I do it purely because it, it serves as that daily 
reminder really as, as awful as it is and they, they, they do post heartbreaking stuff every single every single freaking day and I, I went when I was when I was very young and it was it was obviously awful um but eerie as well like I, I didn't I don't think I appreciated at the time just how horrifying it is just to see things personal belongings just sat there gathering dust um you know that they were taken away from people and then they just vanished. Those people have gone. They've disappeared, mm. you know, reduced to, to nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I follow that that Twitter account. Um, and it, it is, it's hard. It's hard, some of the things you see on it. And it, it, you, like you do with Twitter anyway, you scroll through and then there'll be something, you'll, you'll see a picture of somebody. You know, sometimes there are stories on there from people that, like, that survived or did escape from other places. But, you know, a lot of the time it's just, you know, they perished on this date. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Again, it serves as that constant, that constant reminder, that historical reminder, because we shouldn't forget the atrocities and we should always reflect, you know, especially when times are tough like this, people are making decisions that maybe they're being forced into out of circumstance. Well, you should never be making or being forced into decisions where this kind of stuff has the odd sense of eerie repetitiveness or paralleling. You know, if we start down that path, then we're fucking doomed, aren't we? Yeah, there's that. I always think of that poem that we learned at school. It was like, first they came for this group of people, then they came for this group of people, and then they mm-hmm. came, then they came for us. You know, and they, again, it's a slippery slope. Anyway, Paul, <laughs> welcome again. Well, thanks. Um, before, uh, obviously, uh, normally we do reasons for comparison, but we know that these are both based on true a true historical event, the revolt and escape from Sobibor. Both of these films as well are based on two separate novels, uh, non-fiction books um, that were written. One is the 2018 version is a Russian film, so that is specifically about uh, Alexander Pachersky, who was mm. the Russian soldier who helped lead the revolt. And then the uh, the Escape from Sobibor book was co-written by the small boy who is in both of these films called Toivi or Thomas Blatt, also known as Toivi. Um, so they they are both based on on those specifically. So so there is a, a perspective of that, and it's based on a lot of interviews, historical references, and interviews with the you know real life people. Some of them Nazis that worked in the camp. Some of them survivors of the camp. Uh, how did how did you find watching both of these, and and what did you what did you take away from it? When people think about World War Two and World War Two films, it's there's a lot of the I mean the typical stuff. It's the British forces and American forces gonna go show and what's what, and it's actually it's easy sometimes to forget what was actually going on. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's important that we do watch things like this because you know it's a hard watch, but you know intentionally so because this is what was going on. But yeah, I'd never, I hadn't heard of either of these films before. Um, I'd not seen them before. So it was really interesting to watch. The The earlier one is definitely more of a, it's definitely more of a TV historical kind of way of looking at it. Um, and the later one is a little bit more dramatized and there's a bit more thought put to it in that way. And um, so it was, it's interesting. It's as you say, it's about the same thing, but it's interesting to see the different ways of looking at it mm. and how how it makes you as a viewer kind of think about it as well. Which obviously we'll get into as we talk about both of them. The joys of watching the two of them back to back. Mm. Um, it, <laughs> it really does. You've got, to, kind you've got to have a little bit of a breather before you put <laughs> one on. Yeah, definitely. Even though you know you're looking at the same thing, the the ways that 
they've come about it are very interesting. And yeah, just like what people are going to get from it. I'd be interesting as well. You know, if people have watched them, send us your comments and see, tell us what you yes, thought, because that I, I would be interested to see what people's first reactions were when they saw the films as well, because they are very much at different audiences. I think they're both currently available on the UK Amazon Prime. I know I know. Uh, yeah. Escape from Sobor, the original, the 1987 version, is on YouTube. You can also rent the 2018 one on iTunes for 99p. I looked nice. that up as well. So if you don't, if mm. those are your options, if you want to find it, um, all in like HD quality as well. But um, yeah, yeah, let's talk. Let's let's go for the first film. So let's talk about the 1987 version. Paul, you were very wonderfully talking about that just now. So why don't you uh, go into that? We kind of know the plot. It's basically the same for both. Um, two two men, Leon Penhendler, Alexander Pachersky, or Sasha, come together. They team up with the people that have been there. They're, they're all Jewish, and they all decide to leave, lead a revolt. Again, both films depict these very, very differently, mm. like Paul was saying. But um, what were your thoughts on this first one, Paul? The first one kind of takes you through probably the journey that a lot of people at the time would have been going through especially people who sort of arrived at the camp it takes a while like obviously as a viewer now especially now we know what was going on you know as soon as you see the camp you're like okay yeah i know what's going on here but it takes you on that journey it takes a while to build into it you're you're thinking you know they're saying because there were death camps there were labor camps you know they had different types you're you're not sure what you're looking at to begin with and it slowly builds you into it the way that the scenes are done to begin with when they arrive on the train and it's you know deal with everyone really nicely and you know the music and make sure everyone's smiling and all this sort of stuff it's they're definitely in the original they're definitely trying to take you through the journey that people would have gone through it's a slow build into the horrors of everything and it's because we start the film with people trying to escape don't we with yeah so everyone most of the people go off in the camp and there's a few of them left and they try and escape. So we know that people are desperate. And then it comes to the train yard with more people arriving. And it's all, you know, everyone makes sure you smile and they're lining people up. And then you have people going around saying, you know, volunteer. So you, you start to get an idea of what's going on. But the way that it's done is very clever in you're you're yeah, you're going through that journey. You don't know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, I thought it was really cleverly done. I really like this first one. Yeah. It's unsettling, isn't it? It's yeah, unsettling. it is. Especially the early portions of the film are really unsettling because like you say, um, we already we already know what's what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen to as soon as they start separating people, you know, oh, I I can do this, I can do that. Oh, yeah. great, cool. You you come with us then. You you step forward. We'll we'll we're going to get you sorted and everybody else will follow. They're, they're going to be in the fields. They're going to be doing something else, but they, you'll see them later. And you're like, ah, oh, fucking hell. You're like, in, in, immediately, you know, and obviously it, it's Alan Arkin at this point, isn't it? You can see the horror in his face already before, we, before we're even introduced to it. It's like the slow unwrapping of the horror, isn't it? That they, that they, yeah. that they do yeah. um, through the start of this. Um, and obviously we had it is this one i think where the the old man sort of resists doesn't it and they get yeah, the commandant says you just stay there i'll be with you shortly and he's dead you know he's just stood still for a fucking age everybody else moves off and then it's just straight to it you know yeah he's, he's shot hmm. and nobody reacts nobody reacts at all everybody else has moved off 
and he's shot and killed. And it's like, okay, the facade's already, you know, yeah. booed for us as the audience, but these other people, they haven't got a clue. You know, that some of them go through that 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 gate which leads to this that forest corridor, which oh, is just God, yeah. awful. It's absolutely awful. Where it's just that that fence which is just covered up in in the greenery, so it looks nice and beautiful and welcoming. And oh God, it, it's just awful. That really happened as well. That mm. the, yeah. the old man slapping and, and being taken off and killed. That did. That was yeah, one hundred percent true. Yeah, and that's the thing because you you know even if there are some embellishments somewhere, you know a lot of this is is based on fact on you know from what people experienced and you know what people saw and from the survivors, it's just it's horrendous, it's mm. horrendous. Yeah, I think I think the there's very it's interesting because the, the, like it, the the films are quite literally night and day. They're very different. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, the, the, exactly. The, the recent one is it's all black and dark, isn't it? Yeah. So it's set oddly at night. Yeah, the uh, whole this thing. One, it's set it's set in it's set in beautiful daylight. Everything looks crisp and clean, and, and I think that's what plays towards the actual film as well as being even more unsettling because it is. You know, this this is this is a welcoming place. Look how beautiful it is. Yeah. Look how well maintained we all are here. And again, they don't obviously it's a TV film. Uh, it's you know two and a half hours full length, and they they don't like they don't show you the violence per se. Like they won't show it, but the way they imply it is is often worse because you're you're imagining it. More so yeah. than with the other, with the with the 2018 version. I know we're not comparing them just yet, but we will. Um, there's quite there's quite a brutal scene where a a Nazi has his head basically mushed, mm. you know, and you and you see it, and they show you the head afterwards, like what's left of it, and it's it's very gruesome. But with this, the the things we don't see are more, I think, are more haunting in some respects. Yeah. So, um, Andy, you said you said to me before we before we did this that your your grandmother again the history teacher there was a specific scene she would show her students yeah um and it's the one with the so there's a, there's a lady that comes into the camp who's carrying a little bundle and she manages to somehow smuggle it in um everybody else is told to give up their belongings and whatever she smuggles in this bundle it turns out that she's she's brought in a baby and uh, my nan would play the sequence specifically so basically the baby the baby's gurgling and, and babbling or whatever. And every time the commandant comes around, they, they sort of um they all all the ladies work together to sort of like cover up this baby. And unfortunately, on one occasion the baby makes a noise as the commandant's um doing his rounds and immediately he's he's straight he's straight towards it and pulls out his gun. Uh, there are no babies in Sobibor. And she she resists and spits in his face, doesn't she? And then she herself is is shot and the baby is shot straight after but my nan would play that sequence because of how just because of how shocking it doesn't hold back it's literally without there's, there's no there's no there's no holding back it's without remorse the way it's the way it's portrayed the way it's acted is perfect mm. in that respect but she would play that to heighten just how it's the most awful thing you know a, a baby getting shot and it's, and it's not yeah, it is. It does happen off screen. You don't see it. To be fair, you just see him pointing the gun at the woman, and then the, sh the shot goes off, and then you hear this this high pitch, just wailing scream penetrates right through the fucking screen into your head, 
and you get the reactions from all the other women, including uh, her name escapes me, the woman that's working uh, Luca. outside. Luca. Luca, yeah. yeah. And it cuts to her face as the gun goes off and silences the baby. And my nan would play that because it is alongside sort of like scenes from Schindler's List and um, some other films. She would play that sequence because it's the one that would silence the audience the most. Namely, 12, 13-year-old kids who'd be sat around chatting, not really paying mm. attention. She would play that as if to say, right, this is harsh. This is horrible. This is unrelenting you need misery. To be, you need to be you respectful. Need, you, yeah. 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 Respect what is happening. It is only a film, but this stuff happened. So, you know, there's no, there's no glamorizing it. This is it. This is it. And the rest of what you'll be subjected to is this, is that. We fan you around with kids these days, but you need that kind of shocking, don't you? You know, you, you don't need to hold the hands and whatever. She would be that teacher. She'd have very, very fun, interesting, entertaining lessons. But when facts were facts and horror was horror, you know, real world horror, real, real world awfulness, she would play it straight to them and say, look, this is it. What do you think of this? Hmm. And yeah i mean it is it's it's horrible it's a horrible heart-hitting moment i think it's it's the worst moment in the film for me um of both of the films to be quite honest it's, yeah. it's the worst moment of both of them just because it's 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 so it's so raw you don't see anything obviously mm. but it's just so raw and bloody painful some great yeah. ba- great baby acting going on i know we talk about like poor child actors but jesus <laughs> christ that fucking <laughs> like you said andy that whale goes right fucking through you yeah you know? Yeah, because you, you know, and and the the sad the sad thing is, he goes, I'm I he makes a deal. He goes, you know what? I'm feeling really nice today. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you live, and like everybody in the everybody that all the women that have been hiding the baby as well. He doesn't mention them, mm-hmm. doesn't talk to them. He goes, because I'm feeling good today, I'll let you off, but I have to mm-hmm. take the baby. There's no babies in. Because I'm having a good day, I will let you live. <laughs> and then and then he's like he's like I don't offer this often this is your last chance and that's when she spits in his face she calls him nazi scum or something um and that's when he when he obviously unloads um but yeah it's horrific um it's it's not uh it's not a film for the for the light-hearted again it's not a light sunday watch if if you're if you're going into this film that's the kind of stuff you're going to be yeah yeah i think i think if you were under any illusions before that moment of yeah. what the film was going to be, whether it was going to hold back at all, because obviously it is, it was a TV movie, mm-hmm. obviously, and you know it's British it's, TV yeah, in the in the, low, in the low late budget, 80s was low budget, yep, but, low but, budget. It, but it's effective. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the thing. If you're under any illusions about what you're going to be subjected to, what you'd hear and what you'd see, then it, it answers those questions, and immediately you sort of go. Okay, I know where we stand now. I know what we're gonna. I know what we're gonna experience, and it does sort of ramp up in that regard from from there on in, doesn't it? Uh, do we want to talk about some of the the ca- some of the characters do obviously appear in both films? So uh, let's let's talk about um, so Leon Fellhendler, Fellhendler, Fellhendler. Um, I've got it written down, so I, I don't. I'm going to butcher the names, by the way, just so you know already. Uh, so Leon 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 Fellhendler, Hendler. See, still fucking up. Just calling him Leon. Leon, here we go. Um, oh, Leon. So he's he's played by Alan Arkin. So earlier this month, we did uh, Catch-22 with Tony. Uh, unfortunately, prior, after the recording, so we, we were recording prior to Alan Arkin's death. So uh, we just wanted to say... R.I.P. Alan Arkin. We didn't. We didn't. Obviously, didn't expect him to die. And 
Um, you know, he coincidentally makes two appearances in World War II month. I think he's also, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't, it literally was just just the films we picked and the, the films we went with. It's just the way it happened. And uh, he was a wonderful talent, brilliant mm. uh, performer, everything he's done. Uh, and I think he's great in this as well as um, Polish, uh, Jewish. Uh, I think he's a, was he a carpenter? Was he, I think he's a carpenter or something like that. Yeah, some along those lines. So, yeah. yeah, it escapes me. But he yeah. he is a son of a rabbi, and he kind of becomes the leader of, um, and kind of everyone goes to him for advice and what to do, how to organize <laughs> things, and they're planning their escape long before Alexander Pachersky or Sasha turns up, who is kind of the catalyst for the escape with his uh, group of Russian uh, Soviet soldiers. Um, but yeah, he he's there and he's telling people, you know, say you've got a trade, say you've got a trade, you know, say even if you don't have yeah. one, say you've got a trade. Yeah. Like, again, that was a real, you know, they're not allowed to, sp- to talk. They're not allowed to say what goes on there or they'll be killed. Mm. But, yeah, I, I thought he was I thought he was fantastic in this. And I, I one of my favourite moments is when uh, Shlomo, who is a 15, 17-year-old boy, his family goes in, he's a goldsmith, takes his brother, he says, oh, my brother can help me, uh, in this film anyway, um, he can help me make things, we can make, look, I made this, here's my tools, and they're like, yeah, we can find something for you to do. And then they send him away, and then he finds out that his parents are now dead. Um, yeah. And he's he and he does this in both films. He challenges them and says, why are we sat here? Why do we do nothing? Why are we taking this? Why don't we fight, do something? How, how can we, you know, how can we sit here and drink and make love and do all these things? And like Leon Astor, like he literally puts hands on him and is like, we have to do it because we have to survive. The best revenge is living. And at the moment, this is yeah. all we can do to, far, to find some, some joy in all of this some minuscule part of it like to eat well to drink to you know to all do all these things and you know and he literally has to shut him up because he's like if you keep going people are gonna you know put hands on you and and kill you just to silence you which is something we see in the 2018 version as well because people are so afraid of retaliation from the nazis they want to stop any ideas and and again we see that throughout the films both films any attempts at escape, they're like, right, every tenth person in this line is dead, or they'll they'll play these little sadistic games like do this or do that, mm-hmm. or, you know, or you're going to be my horse and cart or something like yeah. that. Just the absolute random selections, yeah, random selection, just the the atrocities and the the sadistic games that the the Nazis play as well. And and again, they're not paint. They're not meant to be painted in in any sort of good light or mor- moral ambiguous light. They're just pure fucking evil. And and again, again, that's that's absolute fact. It's it's true. They all did all of these things. You know, uh, Wagner, who shoots the baby, was known for being the worst. Um, and and again, there's there's a part of me which I know it's accurate, but because he leaves. The fact that we spend so much time with him, I'm like, fucking hell, I want him to die so much. I want him to fucking yeah. die. I want to get him fucking stabbed or something or do something. Like Shlomo's like, I want Wagner. I want Wagner. Uh, and then he leaves the camps and we don't we don't see anything. But we'll we'll get back yeah. to what happened to him much later, I'm sure. But I kind mm. part of me in, in this film, part of me was like, I know again, it's factual, it, it occurred, you know, it, that's how it worked. But there's part of me was like, why put so much of a focus on him? if he's going to leave in this version but again i think they yeah. were they were this version is definitely 
there's a, there are historical inaccuracies in the 2018 version, but I think this one plays it much closer to what actually really happened. And they had um, Esther Raab was one of the survivors. She worked as a technical advisor as well on the film. So, yeah. and again, I think they, Shlomo did as well. The book yes. that it's based on was, as you say, it was, uh, what was the boy's name? Uh, is it Tovi? Toivi. To- yeah. And yeah, yeah. Also Toivi, it's, yeah. Shlomo, I think, was mm. also wrote the book i think it was the two mm. of them together possibly um, possibly yeah which is why it kind of focuses on a lot of their little bits that happened yeah. uh, and that bit that bit where the where shlomo's handed a piece of jaw that has a gold tooth yeah. in it that that really happened as well and he was like make True. make me a badge make me a ring make me a nazi ss ring out of this and it's yeah. just fucking horrifying just to and and people would find their own family's belongings when they're because they're all all the nazis are like oh is this worth anything we'll go through all their luggage find all the stuff can we melt this down can we do that and and again yeah. we see it in both films that people there find their own family's belongings and, and that's the realization that yeah. that they're never going to see them again yeah it was, it was interesting in the way that they did that because obviously he finds that but that's still before like the big reveal as it were about what's yeah. actually going on in the camp. So it's obviously, you can see that the mind's whirring and all these things are going through his head, but it's still not. It just plays on this whole thing of, for whatever reason, I mean, it's what they were good at. You know, the Nazis were master manipulators in every single way. And for some reason, they managed to instill a certain amount of trust in everyone. You know, yeah. the Germans say that this isn't, that this is what's going to happen. So you kind of, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's, and it's only until that last, that yeah. it all comes tumbling down. And it just shows like, like how devious and disgusting and horrible they were exactly what they did. And they managed to get so many people to not realize what was going on, even though all the signs were there. And that's something that this film does so well. It's all the signs are there, but even if you're watching it, you're kind, you're, you're aware, but you're also, you're waiting for which side it's going to drop on because it's not totally in your face. And then when the discovery is made, the sort of horrible discovery, the way that it's, it's done. And yeah, it's just brutal, absolutely brutal. And yeah, his complete breakdown all of a sudden mm. at the realization of what is actually going on in the camp and what they're all a part of. Yeah. Well, Andy was talking about that, that kind of, again, it was hidden away. There's a big yeah. smoke stack and there's a lot of smoke and they go, oh, and every so often you'll get a hint of, you know, you know, obviously, you know what's going on. The ongoing fire in the back. Yeah. Like, what, really I wonder what they're, I wonder what they're burning. What's that smell and all this sort of shit. And, you know, when, yeah. can I see my parents? No, shut up. Don't, don't ask any questions. One of the people there was saying that all they wanted to do was to scream and tell and, get people to the second they came off this train like this um they called it the Vorlager. so this is the the section before the camp when this when they were looking at this area to to consider building the camp there soberball the soberball camp um there's there was like a full train station there's all this stuff and they kind of built that into the camp they had working yeah. kitchens they had this this whole facade was lovely they had proper there it was it was well kept so there's flowers you know uh classical music playing all of this and it's one of the it was one of the largest of any camps these facades each camp had a facade but this was like actively a working facade it wasn't just a facade it was actually the train station the cafe the kitchen all that sort of stuff was there 
And when they were kind of considering it, they were talking to some of the Polish people that work in there, and they were like, oh, what's your interest in this area? And they were like, oh, they're like, oh, oh, you'll see, but we're gonna, it's gonna be real fun. Like they, they were, they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing, and they, yeah. and they, yeah. re- they were reveling in it. So the the fact that that the, the tragic thing is, it was such a convincing, again, facade that they don't believe when they're going in. They don't believe. They wouldn't believe, even yeah, if it because, was old. Yeah, because why? Why? Why would you have any any sort of mm. thought that that's what you'd be going into? Yeah. Nothing had like nothing like this had ever happened before. It, you couldn't even. I don't think you'd be even able to imagine like no. this is what no. would happen to you because at every stage it is it is you know you're told one thing so you would you know okay as, as long as I behave um we, we've come this far as long as I behave as long as I, as I do as I'm told if we follow what everybody else is doing uh, you know we'll be okay won't we we'll be fine there's, 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 we're, we're doing this so it'd be okay it'd be great and there's lines in this where Nazis always keep their word mm. And you yeah. just think, you just think, fucking hell, like, Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. just the, the... But that's 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 why it's it's such a heinous thing, and that's yeah. why we we should be remembering it every turn, you know, yeah. absolutely for, for those exact reasons. Yeah, just uh, horrendous, horrendous stuff. But um, yeah, I I I thought uh, Alan Arkin was really good. Luke is yeah. Luca, who is um, who comes into the camp in, early on, and uh, it's played by Joanna Pecula, I think. And um, mm. her, she is based on a real person, but from what I can tell, nobody knows who that was. Like they can't find records of her; they can't yeah. figure out exactly who it was. She was just known as Luca, um, and she again, she's in both films. Mm. Um, in, in fact, before I kind of read up on it in the second film, I thought she may have been like a ghost. I don't know if you guys felt that when you were watching it. I felt, I felt that it was either his memory of her or he's talking to himself, and it's her. Because, like, what I noticed in that film is that the only, the only people, the only character that interacts with her at any point is Pachersky. Nobody mm. else, nobody else speaks to it. It's always seemingly in private, pretty much. So I, I, I was like, okay, they're obviously taking some creative license, but I wonder if that's him just yeah. like picturing a wife or something. But turns out, no, it was somebody he met at the camp, and they yeah. uh, helped translate between uh, uh, Leon and Pachersky, um, and as well as some other people as well. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just a bit odd in that one because it was a bit more kind of. Again, because they were taking a few more liberties with the story, I thought maybe this is we're going to get the reveal that she's not actually there. Yeah. It was always like, like a, sorry, is, is she yeah, almost yeah. like the audience surrogate in this situation? You latch onto her because she gets off the train, doesn't she? Mm. Do we latch yeah. onto her because she's the one yeah. that basically steps forward when they say, "Say you've got a fucking skill, say you've got a skill," yeah. and she's like, yeah. "I can, I can, I can sew, I can sew." So you, you've know. got, you've got the shoemaker, haven't you? You've got the shoemaker and his family. You've got yep. uh, Shlomo and his family, um, and then Toy Toyvi's already been there for a little while. Yeah, at that yeah. in this story, in this version, anyway. Uh, and then yeah, I think though they're the stories you follow because they're you're like Paul said, mm. you're discovering each, you're un- uncovering each horrible layer of this rotten onion as you go. And then and then when Moses, Shlomo's brother, goes to like they mm. made they made one of them the they made the Nazi. I think it's is it belt like a bro- like a, yeah, bower like bower, a bower I think isn't it? Yeah, they made him like a brooch or uh, or they've adjusted <laughs> his whip or made him a ring. They, yeah, they, it was a. The handle for his whip because he wanted his yeah, whip to look it, lovely. Yeah. yeah, it was a snake, a gold snake. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're fucking pure evil, you cunt. 
Um, <laughs> you're just fucking <laughs> pure evil. Again, then, it's that, that sketch. Yeah. Are we the bad guys here? Are we the bad like, They absolutely are the I mean, baddies in this. Fuck I've me. I've got a whip and it's got a snake in got, gold got, wrapped around it. Yeah, we've got a skull on our head. You are um, not Indiana Jones. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, but Andy was talking about it earlier where he's he's because he's like he's quite pleased again him and Shloma at this point are still like oh yeah we'll do whatever you want sure 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 and even when they're pleasing yeah. uh, i think it's Reichstahl who who runs the camp he's the head yeah. top high level nazi um top dick yeah exactly and and he leaves and Wagner's there and he's like and and they've done a great job they've done exactly what they said everything's in good condition but he still Wagner still whips him because he's like, don't don't think you're fucking special yeah. at any point. But yeah. they he runs in and he's like, oh, I'm gonna get a little treat. I'm gonna like a I'll get like a gold coin or something. And uh, he goes in and again we have this kind of this tunnel of hedge hedges and stuff covering up you know the atrocities behind it. And then he goes through and he's in absolute great again another great kid actor as well because he's in absolute he doesn't know what to think or how to process it and that's the the way he shows it it's just like what the hell is going on and then it's a a, a queue of of nude uh, victims going into these showers or was it was it showers or is it I wasn't entirely sure if it was I think it's always supposed to be showers isn't it yeah so it's a sh- well, disinfectant kind of, uh, and then they go into, and then they go into a, a kind of a, a funeral pyre thing, don't they? I believe that's mm. what, that was the situation. But yeah, they were going in there, and he sees them queuing up. They're all naked, had the haircut, um, and and then one of the children runs away. This this was the baby thing was bad, but this for me was worse for some reason. Mm. I, I found this worse because they're naked, vulnerable. They've got nothing. They're dirty. And one of the kids runs out of the queue, and the Nazi sets a German shepherd on the on the child, and and obviously um, Moses, sorry, not Toivi. Moses is watching this child get destroyed and torn apart by this dog, and that for me was 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 almost yeah. worse. Again, both equally bad, but that for yeah. me, I was just like that was even more. And he runs out, he runs back to Shlomo again, who has no idea. And then that's the the revelation for them that what this camp is truly, truly about. And they've yeah. and that's when Shlomo goes to confront Leon and everybody else who's trying to have a good time. As with as with the baby, you don't actually see, you just hear. Exactly. You? You just, yeah. You see you see the you see the child running, he runs just sort of like it tries it's a wall, isn't it? I think, or yeah. a fence. Yeah, yeah it goes the the dog, You see the dog, you see the dog running across, you know, the camera's tracking the dog, and then next thing you hear is it cuts to Moses' face, and you just you can hear the, the snarling and the, the screaming of the mother. You know exactly what's happening. You know yeah. exactly what's happening. You don't need to see it. You know exactly yeah. what's happening, and it's it's horrific. I tell yeah. you what. I tell you what. This one goes, it goes on a little bit. It goes on a little bit long as well, just to really cement. Yeah. Oh yeah. What this, exactly this, is you're hearing? Yeah. This film knows how to linger on things. Hmm. Yeah. And it does it very well. Yeah, but but I think in the right way. Like it is two and a half hours. You know. Um, yeah. And I think. Mm. I think the I can understand why the cuts certain cuts were made and and why for length yeah and it was a good like, half an hour cut from the US one I think yeah there's there are some there's some moments towards the end so we get to kind of the last half an hour I don't know forty five minutes and this is where one of my favorite actors Rutger Hauer comes into it um, and absolutely doesn't steal the show but I just I it's like just Rutger Hauer isn't it it's just Rutger it's Hauer just, so you know he's gonna Hauer. be he's gonna be fucking amazing commands the screen as soon as he appears yeah. And I love his I love his introduction because they they they're marching in the Soviet soldiers, but 
but then he gets his soldiers to march as a as a sign yeah. of defiance. Yeah, and then and, and the Nazis are like, what? Well, well, how how unorthodox? How, yeah. why, why would they do this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Like we'll beat that out of them. We'll show them. And and again, slowly but surely, the Leon notices and says, we need somebody like that. We need somebody who is a, a killer, train killer that can do these things. Um, and yeah, just uh, when he comes into it, that's kind of where the sparks start kind of flying because they've they've it's something that's not necessarily in the 2018 version, but we're gonna get to it. But there are there is a there is a section of this is is it's the will they won't they kind of mm. moment where we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Oh no, there's a ton more Nazi soldiers, we're not gonna do it. Are we gonna do it now? Oh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, oh, uh, oh, are we gonna do it? Like that section, I can understand people cut in because it, it doesn't for me. Again, I know it's real, I know that's what happened, but I don't think it necessarily adds anything because I I think there's ways to have done that and added tension where they don't, I think, in those kind of those kind of moments. Just it's almost it's not. I guess it's it's pre-climactic a little bit, like anti-pre-climactic. I don't know how you describe it, but but uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Really. <laughs> uh, but it's that moment, that section for me. I was like, yeah, I could I could have done with maybe out this. Um, and I imagine one of those versions probably does cut that because you probably mm. you know just want to get to it. Because again, it's kind of there's. I mean, there is tension there, but it's not really. It's not as palpable as I think it could have been. Though that section, it's like, uh, you're gonna do it. Okay, let's go. And yeah. and no, but it's it kind of just waits until the kind of final half an hour for the for the grand escape. And it and it is a absolutely chaotic escape. And I think we've talked about how chaotic war is and uh and it, it very much comes across that way in in this and it and it absolutely was because it's it's planned it was planned to a point the the idea was that eventually they came up with the idea that they need to kill as many ss officers as possible to cut off the brain that is sasha's idea uh, and they've got to do it quietly do it quickly they've got to do it somewhere they can hide the bodies and then once they've done that, they need to, they want everybody out. There can't be a set number of people. It has to be everyone all at once, or they're not doing it. So they keep it secret within a, a small group. Um, one of the capos. So within the camp, they have these capos who are po- Polish Jewish people who are in charge of are kind of subordinate to the Nazis. And they get certain benefits. There's one in particular in the first film that's getting bread and wine and vodka and things like that. And that's when a, a kind of fight starts out and Leon has to separate it. Um, but yeah, and they're coming up with all these different ideas, like digging a tunnel. Um, I like the I like the idea of the ladders, the guy who's like really enthusiastic about the ladder idea. Yeah. And, then, the and then on top of the fences. And, then, and I, in a in a weird way, it sounds horrible, but I did quite like that he had some ladders at the end. Like he got, yeah. he's like, "This is my idea. I'm going to use it." <laughs> and it sort of does kind of work in a sense, but not 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 like it was supposed to. But I always kind of like, "Oh, he got his fucking ladders." I was like, I was happy he got his ladders, so he could use his ladders again. <laughs> ends ends horribly for most of the people escaping, but it was just that kind of like, "Oh, he had that yeah. idea, and he and he believed in it, and he went for it." And I kind of I was like. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the final, the the actual escape from Sobibor in the 1987 version? I think some of the build-up, as you say, it's um I think they were trying to show that the idea that they weren't really sure what they were doing or how they were going to go about it. But yeah. But yeah, the 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 eventual escape, as you say, it was kind of it was a vague plan. We have this idea, 
kill some of the bosses and hope for the best and let's go for it. Um, and yeah, it was basically do at that point, do everything you can. Like, as you say, you know, man with his ladders, mm-hmm. I had an idea. So that was the time to use it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I think the way that they showed it and it's basically, you know, there's a minefield out there, you know, there's barbed wire and just, it shows the desperation. They were just like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, got no other option. It's it's this. We have to do it, whatever the cost. There's a group of people that that don't move as well, and Leon's like, "This is your chance. Go now. Go." And they're praying, or they're kind of they're they're either in a mental state where they can't kind of handle it, or they're too old, or they just think, "I'm just going to die anyway." Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's it. I was reading some of it, and apparently, one of the main reasons that Leon, um, Leon was a community leader before they all came into this. But one of the reasons that he was sort of so on top of everything is because of the position he had in the camp. He, I think he was he was handing out the food or something, right? Which meant yeah. that he had a position that he was able to eat more, which meant that he was able to actually think through things because he just yeah. had more energy. He had more food in him, and so he kind of automatically became a leader just because of the fact that his mental acuity was just a bit better because and he it, had food. Yeah. And he knew everyone as well. Yeah. Like he'd be able to talk to everyone, discuss yeah. things. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But, well, that's but what it is. starvation doesn't just work by reducing your body. It, it, it cripples the mind as well, doesn't it? So just that little extra bit of portion probably, you know, resulted in success. Yeah. You know, but yeah. And faced with it and you're starving, you're hungry, you don't know what's going on. You're confused. You've spent however long in that camp and, all the mind games that the Nazis have played on you. Like, I can completely understand that some people would just stand there and go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to yeah. do. I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it was, we have a plan. A few people know about it. Up to that point, he stood up there and shouted, this is your chance, go for it. What Rutger Hauer and, and Leon say, what Alan Arkin and Rutger Hauer say, again, is exactly what they said mm. on the day. Even even some of the most, like, it was, it was kind of, kind of, Reminds me, not entirely, but it reminds me when we did Caligula. Again, it's a fucking <laughs> bizarre film. It's a fucking bizarre film full of fucking bizarre things, but surprisingly quite fucking accurate. Like a lot yeah. historically accurate. Like it's, it's it's so unbelievable that it has to be true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Truth, truth is stranger than fiction, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, oh God, Caligula, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it's a, he was um, he was um, he was a person. He was a monster. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a film that I've already covered. Go back and listen to that one because yes, that's definitely uh, that was that's an interesting a, episode. You're telling me. You're telling me. <laughs> Ooh, longer longer than either of these films as well. And dirtier. God, yeah. And, and they're bringing out a new cut of it as well. So get your hands on that quick. Oh, in, in full 4K. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, dear. Well, I, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't have much kind of facts and uh, behind the scenes stuff about this. Uh, no, no. There's really quite not that much. It's more, again, about the history of it itself and hmm. and things like that. Yeah. There was a, I will say, there was a, he's, he's not featured in either film, but there was a Dutch artist called Max Van Damme. Um, no relation to Rob or to Jean-Claude. Oh. But he he hmm. was a, he was quite a famous kind of Dutch artist and they kept him alive 
and he did portraits and he um you know painted the camp itself and various other kind of nazi wow. you know, propaganda shit um they don't know what happened to him uh, they also don't know what happened to to luca either um again because we don't really know who she was there's there's yeah. edu- there's educated guesses to who she was um but again mm. She she does give uh, again in real life. She does give Bacherski the lucky shirt, which happens in in the film as well. Um, but yeah, she, we don't know what happened to her. It's it's assumed she died, but we we don't know. Yeah. But again, Luca, in, in ter- Luca was a nickname, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Mm. In terms of the actual escape, so only about half of them actually made it out mm. that attempted the escape. So roughly, I think around about six hundred attempted the escape, and only three hundred made it. So that's because yeah. they were faced with the bloody minefield. Yeah. yeah. What soldiers were left, what guards were left. You, they were Ukrainian guards as well. So what, what were, Ukrainian yeah. guards were left, you know, just mowed them down as they were running. So it was literally just like like you said, Paul, it was just a case of, you know, this is your chance, you've got to take it, mm. you know, just run, run. So we can only, you can only, obviously, there's a lot of people that were never accounted for across all of the, across all the camps. So, if you if we don't know what happened to them, then you know you have to you have to think the worst in this situation, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Apparently, Heinrich Himmler um, visited the camp to see it progress. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Max Van Dam did a portrait of him, supposedly. Um, not not sure if that that actually happened or not, but yeah, yeah. Um, but you are you are right, Andy. Most of them were either killed on the attempt, uh, I, and they were either rounded up. Or they were given in by locals. Locals yeah. gave them back yeah. in. So uh, Toyvi, who again helped write the book that this film was based on, was uh, taken in by a farmer, but later shot by that same farmer in the jaw, and pretending he was dead, and was able to escape him and again live live to a very ripe old age. Luckily, but a f- fucking child shot in the face by yeah. someone who's not even a Nazi, you know, <clears throat> just somebody who's who's a farmer. Who's just a living, regular dick. Just a regular fucking awful person yeah. who, again, yeah. equally as scared at what could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shlomo did survive, and he moved to Brazil. Which this story uh, blows my mind. This is now. This is a, this yeah. is like I want to. I want to see the rest. <laughs> I want to see the rest of Shlomo's story because yeah. fuck me, this is this is crazy stuff. So he moved to Brazil. We are obviously historically a lot of Nazis ended up in Brazil, hmm. including our friend Wagner, the baby shooter. In 1979, the BBC conducted an interview with Wagner, and he showed zero remorse. Not really surprising, but he showed zero remorse. In no extradition either. No, no extradition, nothing. So he's just living out his life, having a great time, old Wagner. And um, and then sometime later, he's found with a knife in his chest. It is deemed a suicide. <laughs> and, right. and apparently, apparently Shlomo helped find Wagner. And when they were writing the book. They were speaking to to Shlomo, and they were like, "Yeah, it was deemed a suicide." Shrug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think many people go out go go and kill themselves by falling on a knife. It's not often that suicide happens. I don't think. No. Um. So, yeah, and apparently, apparently, in one of the the end of the the twenty eighteen version, they said he 
captured or found or killed another 18 Nazis, apparently. Mm. But again, I don't know how true that is. But... It became a veritable Nazi hunter. Yeah, it became very X-Men first class all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. But yeah, so um, is there anything else you want to say about the 1987 version uh, that we haven't touched on? Anything you want to mention? No, I don't I don't think so. Apart mm. from to say that it's it's long. It's a long film, but yeah. it's it's very, very well done. It really is very, very well done. I really it, enjoyed it. In, it definitely in, it definitely in, feels like one of those older classic kind of war movies. It's got that Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got it's got very similar veins to like, you know, the uh, the Great Escape and things yeah. like that. Obviously yeah. not without the fanfare and you know yeah. you yeah. know what I mean. But it, it's 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 shot in a very particular way, it's staged in a very particular way, it has a very particular feel. You know, call that budget constraints. Call that you know the you know the year of filmmaking, whatever you want. But obviously, it's it works. It works to its advantage. It's it's that sh- that that mystery, the un- the unraveling of the you know what's going on, you know the pulling back of the curtain and seeing you know the real the real evil as it is. It's it's fascinating. It's it's traumatizing as well. So yeah, it's it's. What what little what little we see is is not sort of like it doesn't compound the effect of the film. It's it's very very well done. Plus plus you get to spend more time with the characters. You you yeah, it's very much character driven. It's a character driven yeah. story, and you get to you get a real sense of who these people are, who they would be if they weren't here, what hopes they have, what what dreams they have, and the the idealism that they all they all share and they all carry towards the end of the film. Just blind hope and. You know, determination. We we get a real sense of that with every single person. Alan Arkin's fucking great. Yeah, it's absolutely great. Like you say in the bit where he 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 tells the lad, you know, well, we're doing this because we have to. We have to survive. We have to. We have, mm. This is the only thing we can do to survive. You know, it's 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 compelling. He's compelling. Mm. Really is. So yeah, great film. Really really good film. No, I deserves a watch. Yeah, definitely. I would say you know, watch it set aside some time prepared not to be cheery for a bit um but definitely yeah. watch it it's uh good mental is, health day yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. um it is a really good film the way that the way that it's shot it it's done for a particular reason you know even the use of music or lack thereof most of the yeah. time when you hear music it's going to be someone in the camp is playing that music there's very little added on top yeah or it's that that classical music out of the speakers, and it's got that kind of speaker yeah. filter on it, and you're like, oh, yeah. this is this is the, they're doing this just to welcome them in and make them feel like uh, yeah, it's all part of the facade, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There isn't there isn't much of a, a musical score for the film. No, it, it's all kind of told as that, that's one of the categories, Paul. So uh, save that, save <laughs> that for save <laughs> that. <laughs> But again, what what music there is is extremely effective yeah, in sure. portraying the feel, the mood. You know, as soon as you hear the music, like you say, you go, "Oh, fucking hell!" Yeah. You know, you you know exactly what it means because of what was shown in the initial stages of the film. So yeah. we know what it means. You know what that signifies, and what it signifies is fucking horrific. Yeah, and equally the the use of silence. There's like a a couple of scenes that go on for. Like an amount of time where you suddenly think, has has my sound died? Yeah. But it's purposely like they use silence in this film to really kick you in the guts. So it's a weird... That, that's, that's, a, a, that's a hard trick as well. That's a yeah. hard... 
it's a hard thing to do in a film and make it work. Yeah, it really is. You don't see it very often because, and I, I lamented it sometimes. If you, if you if you're not going to say anything worthwhile, don't fucking say anything. Well, this <laughs> film does it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to say anything because it's there, crystal clear. You know exactly what you're experiencing: character emotions, the way people are behaving between each other, what they sh- the moments they're sharing. It's it's there. It you, they don't need to talk. Mm. Good. <laughs> we've we've talked a lot this month about sound and sound design and the lack of music or you know right. it, every film and comic we've covered this month that's just I've just that's just occurred to me that we've we yeah. we've spent a good chunk of time talking about that and I think in every in every film they've used it absolutely in the right way. Okay, uh, I will quickly say I just yes, have sorry, to get sorry. that out here. Get this in. Get this in. Some of the acting is amazing. Some of the acting. Is absolutely atrocious. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, of it, it is really it is a bit, Some of some of it's quite obviously low level TV acting, and then you've yeah. got Rooker Howard and Alan Harkin. You're yeah. like, oh, well, fucking. Yeah, we know we know where the money went. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, particularly at the beginning where you get the the train scene, and then they line everyone up, and then they send them away. Some people apparently do not know how to wave, and it was. Very, very annoying when I first watched it. And like, um, yeah, okay, sure. You've suddenly lost the ability to wave. I don't know what instruction you got from the director there, but but yeah, I just had to put that out there. Some of the acting is amazing. You did direct it, wouldn't it? Like, just, you over there just flail your hands a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think I think it's the especially the I people see. that you know are only on are only being paid for this one scene yeah. when they when they get marched in if they're, they're being separate. paid at all yeah if they're if being they're paid, being at, paid all, at, all. Like, at all oh we'll see each other again we won't die we won't die oh, I'll see yeah. you later and it's like okay yeah just hired Giles and his and his family from down the road in Coventry <laughs> yeah. who's you know yeah who's, who's near who's, who's around yeah, the mate, corner come in here put this on walk you down got, there when you, you want, when you get you about, when, when, you, when you get to that door is just do do that, mate. Right. Pretend to wave. I will, I will what say, say as well. What do you say? Do this. You say do this. <laughs> oh fuck off! I want a band. <laughs> I will say as well. Like the, there's something I quite like about the the 2018 version that we'll get onto. But in this, it's like they're English, they're American, they're the, yeah. the Polish. They he's got an accent. They haven't. He has. The Germans are, are German, but not. It's it's a little bit like I have to suspend my disbelief a bit yeah. more in this one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. is that. And again, I think that comes with the territory, doesn't it? True. Like, True. If if you're aware of where where how it's been made and hmm. uh, what it was made for, um, yeah, it, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, 2018. Then let's move on Ta-da. to. Russia's God. Russia's own version of Sobibor and those events. So Andy, um, quite a bit different this one, and in fact, quite historically inaccurate. How do you fall on the historical inaccuracies? It's just a bit more, and I'm, I'm hesitant to use the use the phrase. It's just a bit more glamorized, not in the sense of look how great this is, but just it's all ramped up, isn't it? it it's ramped up to like almost beyond, oh God, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the word in beyond theatrical. It's it's beyond extreme. Um, watching this one, I was more inclined to compare it to Schindler's List because of how unrelenting some of the moments are. You know, when 
you mentioned it briefly before when some of them escape uh, when they're on that work detail and they, they, they go, well, the, these people here, um, you get to pick somebody who's going to be shot with you. And mm. it's, it's, it's it's drawn out the the music sort of you know twinkles in a little bit there's there's it's almost a bit too much in a way like it's like we've got this budget we must use we must go over the top really extreme but obviously in a way it 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 showcases more of the horrific tendencies of what did happen Mm. as opposed to you know the 87 version um, because they, they very much did these kind of things. They very much did line people up. They did peep people out every, every you know, they'd go down the line like they do um, in the film as well. Is it is it every 15 or something? Yeah. At one point, so. they go down line at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, bang. And oh, I think it's, it's 10. I can't remember. But yeah, it's, that, that particular moment, it's, it's, it's fucking shocking. We, we lose, like, uh, we lose two main characters in that, in that bit. Mm. So there, there is no holding back, but I think it's it's just a bit too glamorized and video gamey in in, in mm. some places. I think it, it, especially when you when you look at sort of like the wide angle shots of like the over, overlooking the camp, it, it looks a bit too too unrealistic, mm. too dark, too too miserable, too depressing, and that's what's weird to say that it feels really weird it's, to say it's that. It's weird that it's. All the all the while more realistic than the eighty seven version, yeah. but then also not yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and oh. it, it's hard really to explain that without you watching it. I think you do need to kind of watch it and think, well, it's always raining, it's always muddy, and this and that. Well, yeah, of course. There's that there's that great sort of misconception with wild with the Wild West. You know, when we see the westerns when it was all dry and dust bowly and everything, but no, they would have been muddy places. Because horse carts were moving around, horses were shitting, pissing, you know, people trudging through. Call back to one of our podcasts, Andy, where we did a muddy western and a, and a mm. winter western. We did two of the best films we've covered, yeah. Django and The Great Silence, which were a good representation of what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it, it is that weird sort of juxtaposition between, between the two of them that is offset that one oddly feels more realistic than the other. It, it's strange. And I think you do you do get that with westerns. It's like Deadwood is a really great example of showing you how how it would have really been. There is mud, there are, yeah, you know, there is mess, there is carnage, and yet the classic westerns we do see it, it's it's strange, and we we get that with this as opposed to the eighty seven one. Um, but you can't take away from again some really good performances. Um, the way it is shot in some in some places is really tight, and. You know, claustrophobic and feels much more horrifying on a on a on a on an individual level. But then we do get these 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 overtly grand moments where they've gone, we have the budget to do this, so let's let's really let's really ramp it up. Let's really explore, you know, how 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 big and awful we can make it. Paul, what are your thoughts on the uh Russian version? Yeah, it's it's funny you said video gaming because uh, like that was one of my first thoughts is like in the first 10, 15 minutes, it feels, I don't know, like call of duty and where it's like, it's yeah. intentionally natural in a weird yeah. way. Like it's very <laughs> specifically designed in this way. And it, to a point it just feels, yeah, it feels video gamey. It feels like you're going through the corridors in a call of duty. And then all of a sudden it opens up into this big moment. Um, 
So yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's slightly longer ago that I watched this one. So my my details, as Dan said, my memory, atrocious. You remember the swans? <laughs> you told me about the swans. I mean, those are the most important things. That is the most important addition of the whole film. Um, so that's very important. So we'll get to that at the end. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's very... It's It does have a nod to sort of Russian cinema, you know, oh, Sasha yeah. is our Russian hero. You know, he persevered and he got through it and he he got through the end and saved the world. Yeah. This is, this He's is the something, ray of light for everyone. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the something I wanted to talk about. Um, so this is, this is funded by uh, the Alexander Pachersky Foundation. It is based mm. on the memoirs of Alexander Pachersky. And obviously it's, a, it's about him. He's a Russian hero that wasn't honoured in his time for what he did and what he accomplished in this specific historical event. Mm. I feel like it's bordering on propaganda a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because they reduce Leon's role to basically sort of being a coward a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, he's killed at the camp directly when they start the revolt, which was, again, historically inaccurate. He kind of Yeah, just... that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, because I... I... I do. I always seem to struggle with, mm. you know, trying to make sure I know who the characters are. Yeah. And he was gone before I really sort of got a sense yeah. that he was Leon. I kind of, it kind of came and it went, and I went, I went, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Time wasn't frame he the, is wasn't he the, weird wasn't he the as well. main guy? Yeah. You know, I kind of, I, I took it back and then watched it for again. I was like, what? Mm. And I did have to, I did have to pull up the the IMD page, everything, and look at who the, the character listings. I was like, oh, that, that can't be right. That can't be him. But yeah, it's mm. it, it's it's almost like they they write him out of the story. Mm. Yeah, and so the the time frame focus of, on everybody else of everything is so weird because in the in the in 1987 version, obviously the kind of last sort of like this film kind of takes place in the last half an hour of the 1987 version. Yeah, but yeah. then there's events in that like the gardeners snipping the barbed wire and going into the minefield, which happened like months earlier. So yeah. It's like they're really throwing things around. And like, there's no like, like he turns, like, there's a lot of stuff which I think is a bit problematic as well. Like, he goes into the, sneaks into the, the, the Jewish kind of, um, the Yom Kippur or, or the Sabbath or, um, they're doing that. And he comes in and they're like, right, we don't trust you. You're new. Who are you? And why would you tell us that you failed a revolt in Minsk? And he's like, oh, well, I'm just trying to tell you. I'm just like, oh, I want to let you know. And then he's like, and like, you bet you're not even Jewish. And he's like, just whips his trousers down and <laughs> goes, I'm circumcised. So I'm one of you. And it's almost like he's not Jewish, even though I know he was. He's, he, yeah. it's being portrayed that he's not. And then also the, the Russian, the Soviet soldiers are throwing around racial slurs. Yeah, and saying, they're saying, oh, that's, that. they were like, oh, that's a very Jewish thing to do. Like speaking about like just mm. survive. Cause Leon's saying we're surviving, we're staying alive, but we need our Moses. And I'm like, this is a bit, you know, I'm I'm not entirely okay with the the way it's being presented because they're almost like it's almost like it's being presented that the Russian soldiers are coming in and they're doing the Jewish people a favor, which I don't I like. Mean, I mean, there there is there is some historical context in a way because obviously mm. the, the the Russians did liberate a lot of the camps along the Soviet Soviet front, mm. 
but there was still rampant anti-Semitism within the Soviet Union. Mm. So there, there is there is some credence to it, right? Obviously, because um, you know a lot of a lot of people that were liberated. I say a lot of people. There were some, there were some Jewish people that were liberated from these camps and then captured, recaptured by Soviets and yeah. sent to work camps. In the Soviet Union, oh, um, I, I read. I read. Himself was arrested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the USSR. The, the, yeah, the, 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 there was a there was a book that that I read. It, it escapes me. Natalie's dad passed it to me uh, a couple of years ago, and I read it. And it's about a woman who was, um, you know, freed from one of the camps, um, and then you know, arrested by the Soviet Union, so uh, by soldiers of the Red Army, and sent to northern Siberia. You know, in a in a labor camp, and basically escaped one horror to be marched into another one. Mm. It wasn't a death camp; it was literally you know a forced labor camp. So, in some ways, the way the book sort of portrays it, it's even worse because you're not going to be put to death; you'll work until you die, which is for her was a much greater torture mm. because she'd rather just be fucking dead and be done with it. There is there is some creed there is some credence and truth to you know. Anti-Semitism in that regard. However, it's—I don't think it's in place of, you know, the desire to survive. And we see that in the eighty-seven one. Hmm. I mean, when Rutger Hauer, when Rutger Hauer is talking to his soldiers, they say, "Who are these people? We're not going to help these people, are we? Hmm. You know, we're going to focus on ourselves." And Rutger Hauer identifies the need to band together hmm. for survival. Yeah. So. You know, it's that it's because I think he says, actually, I think he says, like, you know, they're, they're just the same as us. You know, they want to survive. They want to escape. Well, that's that's more of a riding than, you know, any religion at all. Yeah, I think this film misses that. I think it misses that point. It would have been it would have been perfectly acceptable in terms of in terms of, you know, filmic um need to sort of say well, well, these these fucking jewish people we don't we don't need these we don't we don't want these that why, why are we why are we caring and then for somebody like like you know the, the main the main hero to sort of go no hang on you've got it wrong they want to survive just as much as us they need us we absolutely need them as well so let's set aside our differences and focus on that yeah I rather think... than it being you know if i mean he, he does he does sort of point towards that but like yeah. i say it, it's just initially it's a bit too mm. oh it's a bit too galling it's a bit too much mm. it's a bit too much it's I like, like it. it's like i'm the big bollocks russian i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna solve everything i'm yeah. gonna do everything and it, it turns him into too much of a superhero for me mm. like yeah. it, it feels like the first one feels like there's it's more communal it's more of a communal effort like there are these yeah. main kind of people the focus points but focal points but it feels more communal. There's more characters. There's more. We spend more time with yeah. them. We we know we understand them. With this, it's all like uh, like ramped up to eleven. Like and again, the urgency is 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 ramped up as well because it's like oh, we've only yeah. got three days, two days. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna uh, you know demolish our camp because the last camp's just been demolished. And and there's that really horrific moment where they open the train up and it's just full of dead. Mm. Um, oh, God. Just yeah. horrific, and again, I'm not sure how accurate or true that is. I don't think it is, but but it's still it's still an effective scene because even the even mm. the German officers like that's fucking horrifying, and takes him yeah. takes him a moment to take it in. I will say, um, it does in in a way, like you said, it does feel more realistic. I like that there's 
all these different languages are being spoken. So you've got mm-hmm. you've got like yeah. Yidd- Yiddish and German and Russian. All of these languages are being spoken, and I, I quite I appreciate that because it it made it a bit more it made it a bit more real in a sense. But yeah, there are yeah, the language there are... barrier, the difficult the difficulty of getting across like the general plan, the ideas. Exactly. Yeah. Weirdly, um, Christoph Lambert is in this of, of Highlander fame. Um, now he plays Carl Friends, so uh, Frenzel, sorry, Carl Frenzel, who um, was not like again historically in this film, he's above Wagner and Niemann and uh, Beckman and all the other Nazis that were there. But actually, he was only in charge when Wagner left for that for that retreat when they went away. Mm. That's when Frenzel stepped up, and then he was in charge. Mm. Um, and his lines, he speaks them in English, but then he's dubbed over. Yeah, <laughs> it's really confusing. Yeah. God, God damn it! Surely, when when he's speaking, I don't know French or where, wherever Christophe Lambert's from. Uh, I'm just going to say, it. no need for him to be in this film. <laughs> Absolutely, no need no. For him to be in this film. Not not only is he dubbed over. But he's wearing fucking prosthetics as well, man. Yeah, it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Are you, what? Why? Hmm. They just done it because it's the name. Is is that what it is? They just. I think. It, the I think it'll be. I, I think don't have any issues with it. him. I don't. Yeah. I don't read him at all as an. Actor. I never I, have done. I purely think they've cast him for international appeal because people yeah. like Highlander, people like Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, it didn't work. So it made no money in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Russian. It's a Russian film, Andy. Um, they're too. Well, yeah. Russia are too busy playing with the elections and trying to trying, trying to do all that. Stuff. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I felt like they could have done more with him. Like this. Like he's on the front of the the image. He's on the image of the. He's on like, yeah. all the posters. He's on all the promotional images. Yeah, superimposed like, to make it look like he's doing something. Yeah and, yeah, and it mostly just sits around. And I did, I did, I did. <laughs> now, in histor- historically, historically, his character did. He was interviewed again by um, Thomas Blatt, um, mm. Toy Toy um, who again wrote that book and did a lot of research and continue and continued to do that up until his death. He interviewed him years after the fact. Oh, that was face to, came face to face with his tormentor and said, "What the fuck did you do?" And actually, unlike Wagner, he did regret what he did, or he at least said he did. And yes, and that apparently is the only time a, a Holocaust survivor and somebody who perpetrated the Holocaust met face to face again after the war. Like, like, to, mm. for an for a long, long term interview or discussion, other than um, a, a mm. knife in the neck, yeah. Mm. But Shalom, <laughs> I was just waiting outside with like a machine gun or a knife, another knife. Well, yeah, that's good. There was always a great separation, wasn't there? So through the Nuremberg <laughs> yeah. trials, they were literally brought in and kept separate. Right. You know, yeah. witnesses were brought in to yeah. testify, but they weren't sort of made to face their 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 the nemesis mm. up close and personal. Mm. God, I can't even imagine what that would be fucking nah. like. Oh, just, he's, it's, he's, it's, he's unreal, I, isn't it? I couldn't even imagine what must have been going through his head or how he felt or no. but yeah. Um but yeah, there's definitely a, there's more of a focus on him where in the first one it's Wagner who's kind hmm. of the main evil one. Um uh, but that's because there was the tree stump scene that did really happen as well. I think they wanted to build up that antagonism between um between 
Frenzel and also Pachersky. So they have that scene and he goes, if you chop this stump in five minutes, I'll I'll not kill anybody here or I'll kill, but if you don't, I'll kill every 10, 10th man here. And he he managed to do it in four and a half minutes. And then Frenzel's like, here, have a have a have a drink, have a smoke. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm fully satisfied by the rations. I don't like smoking. I don't want anything to do with you. And then obviously yeah. Frenzel fucked off, really angry at this, is kind of focuses in on him. But again, they don't really do anything with him. They kind of they imply yeah. no. that he had he had a Jewish girlfriend and his dad was was an anti-Semite and got him to break off the engagement. Um but that's it. And he's never like he's never like you can tell he doesn't he's not necessarily on board with what's going on. Hmm. But then but they neither, you know, make him go, oh no, I've I'll help or I'll do something or or I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. go full or I'll go full evil. So he's kind of like a nothing character. Yeah, there's no active resistance and there's no there's no poetic sort of you know, I have to do this because it's orders, you know, nothing to sort of <laughs> point to somebody who's literally shackled to carry out you know the atrocities there's, yeah. there's nothing is there it's just kind of oh a bit of, bit of meandering wandering around standing in a tower you know staring at people on with that through that prosthetic nose um <laughs> yeah yeah when they did the big party scene and the chariots and everything i mm. thought oh this is the point where they're actually gonna they're gonna use all of this that they've just built up on and it's gonna lead to something hmm. no yeah <laughs> Nothing. Again, like like those those things, I wouldn't have a, a problem with them. Kind of, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not a strict believer in like historical accuracy, but to a point. But like yeah. when because we're actively comparing these, and we've seen, we've read, and we've researched, and we've watched things that tell us the true story, and then to just go, none of that. He's he's going to kill him. He goes there. This happened then. It's like it's like playing fan fiction with with a fucking documentary yeah. or something. It's it's bizarre. I, d- I just didn't like the wrong people killed the wrong others. Like the, on on this one, they seem to focus on the Russian the Russian um, soldiers, the Soviet soldiers killing mm. their guys, and then the other film, they just they just walk, run in and go, "Oh, we killed them." Yeah, <laughs> and, but in this one we see that we don't see you know Leon and his and his guys kind of do it. So in that respect, they don't like. There's no doubt in my mind that they they watch the original film. They what they definitely watch the '87 film. There's oh no, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a remake. I wouldn't say it's a remake, but it is. But they're both based highly on this historical event. But yeah. also, Pachersky was an old guy when he was having these interviews, and he's and even even Toivi who interviewed him as well was like. Your your memory, our memories differ on stuff. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. and that and that is bound to happen. You know, eyewitness testimony is is not the greatest bit of you know. No, couple that with going back and joining the Red Army to see how mm. the rest of the war, mm. what what other propaganda sort of thing was he subjected to? You know, say this because you did this. Mm. You know, how does that influence mm. your memory going yeah. forward? Mm. Yeah. And 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 who's to say? Like everyone's the hero of their own story, so maybe he was like. I did it all. It was all me, you know. Yeah, uh, that's what they made the film into. I don't. I even, don't know. Even the way that like the other Russians were treating him, like they're always talking down to him, and they're constant references to what happened in Minsk. Hmm. I'm sick of Minsk because I don't know what happened, <laughs> but 
Apparently, yeah. it was all terrible, and he just needs to get over it, according to them. But it was all his fault. Phoebe's boyfriend from Friends was in Minsk. <laughs> Maybe it was that. I don't know. <laughs> um, just, he just spoke to Hank Azaria for two minutes. He went, I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you're far too annoying to speak to anymore. I'm off. God, God damn it, Minsk. <laughs> God, do you remember we spoke, to, we spoke to I Hank Azaria in Minsk, and it was horrible. He was the worst <laughs> conversationalist. All he did was talk about himself. <laughs> and at that time, he was in Godzilla. Oh. Why does he always talk about voicing a poo when he should shut up? He should really shut up about that. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Um, is, there, is there anything in this version that you think the 1987 film could have done better or... I don't ah, know. I'm, I'm struggling. One. I'm mm, str- yeah. struggling, to be honest, because I think in in terms of the violence, the violence is is very much in your face, but it has the effect of shock and awe. It's shock mm. and awe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This one. Um, again, I'm hesitant to sort of compare it to Schindler's List, but again, mm. the section where they clear out the ghetto in Schindler's List. Um, obviously, you've not seen it, Dan. No yep. spoilers. Sorry, right. but they, they, the, when, when they, when they do. I, w- I wonder for, how it ends. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but obviously, when, when they, when they clear out the ghetto as it is, you mm. know, that is, it's pure shock and awe for 15, 20 minutes of of that of, of Inchin's list. It is pure shock and awe. So in this, I, I feel like they took a lot of moments and thoughts from Schindler's List as well as you know some of the 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 way that the 87 film works as well and sort of incorporated you know meshed the elements together you know mm. pure shock and awe moments like like I was saying they go down the line count to 10 every 10th bang gone yeah. because we we're, like I said we're, we're treated to two characters and they have multiple conversations you know and we're like okay these are the two central figures oh fuck one of them's dead already mm. okay shit Jesus uh, we're not even given time to process it and and they're not in the film it is literally shock and then you moved on you're gone you're taken somewhere else they don't get time to deal with the emotions fully and, and we don't it is literally a case of bang here here it is deal with it it's done. You can't. You can't think about it. You can't process it. You've not given enough time. But I think the the, the speed at which this 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 moves mm. does have a bit of a, a detrimental impact mm. for me. I don't feel like I was. I felt truly invested mm. in this one. Weirdly enough, despite the raw intensity, the raw brutality of it. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's still it's still two hours as well. It's only mm. like yeah, half, half is, an yeah. hour short. Yeah. It. it does it it does have a pace to it. But again, I think you're right. I think the the problem is because it's going like I, I think as well. The issue is there's so many people involved in this in both the both films. Yeah. So many characters to to keep track of. Like Andy, you said you lost track of who Leon was, and I did as well. Like, yeah. and I was like he was like I was like he's the main one in the last one. What's where is he? What's going on? Yeah. We've not seen him yet. Oh, yeah. wait, no, we did. I oh, thought he's fucking dead. And, and, and again, the mo- but the movie the movie forgets about him as well. The movie goes, yeah. he goes, oh yeah, and it and it's kind of like really casual, like oh by the way, we do have a we do have a, a plan, a committee that we put together. Um, if you are interested in maybe 
possibly yeah. breaking us out. Yeah. And then oh, okay. and then they have another <laughs> conversation, and then he'll his face will pop up here and there, but he's not like yeah, he's, uh, he's not he's not he's not it's not him, is it? No, really, it's not. It's not him. And then he's portrayed like he's a coward, and you know he's like waiting for this Moses and all this sort of stuff. And I was like. Mm. You know, and, and and again, it doesn't even like the the plan as well is formulated between the two in the first one. It's like, what if we do this? Can't do that because of this. Can't do that because yeah. what about this? Like they're looking for solutions. In this, he just goes, "We're going to do this." Yeah, and yeah. everyone goes, "All right, you're Rambo. Let's go, Ru- yeah. Russian Rambo." Okay, <laughs> um, you're saying losing track, losing track of like the characters, even in discussion. I've 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 got confused with the names. I've yeah. I've literally just got confused with the names there. Yeah. And that says everything about it. I, I I I lost track of who people were. I couldn't really identify who they were. But with with the eighty seven one, you know, you're given them. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly what their purpose is, what their desires are. Like I said, what they what they want. Again, the same with the Nazis. There's two Nazis. I just kept confusing as well because I was like, mm. yeah, they're um, both they're both like. <laughs> Cackling like like little little fucking yeah. little they're just like in this what we're talking about bad acting Paul fucking hell like yeah. the, the Nazis in this are like I'm you're going to die yeah. oh clean yeah. your boots clean you should die with clean boots on and like and all of them are act exactly the same apart from Christoph Lambert's character who's a a half formed character everyone else is just like a cackling issues just a cackling idiot and it's like and again they're doing some horrific stuff. But fuck me, it was like not you know they're usually drunk or like most of the time they're drunk. Like one of them's going around baptizing all the Jewish prisoners mm. um, and just shooting people, and uh, it's just like a lot of that. And I was just like, just yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't as effective as the scenes with Wagner in the first film, like when he's you know again with the baby or the you know any of the scenes he's in. He's great. He's fantastic. That actor in that yeah. new seven version, and you feel it. You feel the palpable. Yeah hatred and you know every day they deal with this fucking sadist in this it's just like <laughs> everyone's doing a bad joker you know impression and just like yeah. i'm so evil i am the nazi and i'm so evil look at me doing the evil things you know it was really yeah. i just i was just like i don't care like oh one of them put jewelry on i don't know which one that is um but again yeah. like yeah. I, I, actually no i do that's neiman because i remember going you're you're supposed to be friends are supposed to be mm. under you, but you're acting like Frenzel's above you. And I was like, that's what that's wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So they, they replaced they replaced stalking menace with cartoon yeah. villainry, didn't they? Yeah. Again, there there is a there is a way to do that. Mm. <laughs> Again, fucking Shin's list. There's a way there's a way to do that and have it still be super effective. You know, have it offset. You know what the, the rest there's, of what's there's, going there's on. There's a lingering, looming dread in the first one. In this, like you said, yeah, Andy, yeah. The, the going at a million miles an hour. So it's just like, bam, he's dead. Oh, did you like him? He's gone. Fuck yeah. it. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, you immediately know what's going on in the camp because it shows you. It's like yeah. the checklist of why Mr. Russia Man is great and why Nazi people are evil. Yeah, just got to go through all of them, like mm. the trains. Yes, that happened, but. Mm. Did it happen while he was there? Don't know, but it's something that happened. Throw it in. Like it's the one in ten. Yeah. Did that happen while I was here? Don't know. Throw it in. It's just you yeah. have to go through all of it. Like, yeah, the the Nazi camp guards, they're all drunken, power, crazy, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, check yeah. it in. Make them all that, apart from the one guy who has major daddy issues for reasons. Hmm. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's the checkbox of do it all. 
Yeah. And it, yeah. it just rattles through them. And yes, at the end of it, you come away going, yes, the Nazis were horrible. It doesn't really give you a sense of the actual events. And it also yeah. it also seems a little too easy as well. Yeah. In this one. I think like the 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 killing like the killing again in both I think they do handle it quite well there's the the nervousness should we do something oh no they mm. discovered us I think they both do that pretty well but I think mm. the escape itself it's kind of there's a lot more like gunplay in this one as well like the gun we've got a budget so let's have the guns going off but yeah. again that's not I don't think that's as interesting because there's a there's a disconnect for me because again these characters are like they've got nothing they've got knives they've got their hands they've got you're going to choke people stab them break their yeah. arms if they can you know uh, you know take they'll they'll have a, a a plank of wood with a nail in it if they need to mm. you know they'll do whatever they can and I think when you introduce all the guns like there was guns in the first one don't get me wrong but they're not it's not as it feels like they've got like one bullet, like they're very limited. In this, yeah. it just feels like they're firing away and they could go on for days. Yeah. Um, but the Nazis in the in the eight seven one, they they have like submachine guns going off and and they shooting for ages. Um, and it feels like in this one, every single six hundred prisoner has, has at least one gun. You know, but I, I I did I did like Shlomo in both of these films. I thought he was portrayed <laughs> particularly well in both. Um. Um. Whichever the whatever the actors' names are, I thought they were both pretty good, and I think they presented that character. <laughs> uh, again, again, I think they made him out to be probably a bit better than he actually was as well. It was like eighteen Nazis after after escaping. Yeah, but who knows? <laughs> well, I think we've already started it, so let's get on to comparing the two films. Now, Paul, you've never done one of these. I, I'm, I'm going to assume you've listened. If not, that's fine. That's that's fine. I'm going to go through it anyway because uh, because but I love my memory is crap. And your memory's crap, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Mine is. I write this down because I forget. So this is this is what yeah. I do. Why do you think I don't use the video option? Because it's just me looking at my phone a lot. Uh, nobody wants to see that. Uh, they see it all the time anyway. So Andy's done quite a few of these. Andy, can you remember the categories? <laughs> I'm going to test you. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. No one remembers. Uh, so the re the uh, the five categories again. If we need one, I've got tiebreakers. But the five categories are writing, acting, music, cinematography, and direction. So let's go over to let's go over to Paul. Which film was better written, Paul? I mean, that is a difficult category because it is based on true events. But taking the true events, building them into a film that makes sense and doesn't have cackling jokers in it and throughout i'm maybe showing my hand here slightly maybe. i just <laughs> i just feel like the the i was going to say the original film that's maybe not fair the the earlier film it tells the story better it gives you more of a sense of you know how the people felt and the the journeys that they went through um whereas the later film is maybe trying to tell you that Sasha's great. Yeah, everything that we've spoken about, I think it's got to go to the earlier film because it's telling you more of the events, it's giving you more of a picture, and it's taking you through the journey, joyful journey that we've all gone through. <laughs> uh, Andy, what are, what are your thoughts? I'm inclined to agree. Um, I think it's the 87 film is better crafted it's written in such a way like i said that the the reveal is 
even more you, you get that sense of dread with each with each impending you know with each with each stage you know of of horror until we get to that point and then obviously everybody realizes you know throughout you know we've we've got no we've got no choice it, there there is that there is that section like you say where you, know, you probably could have removed that but again even in, even in that it it pays a lot of credit and quality to the characters to the people mm. that were there and um, yeah it, it's it's a much more better written film by far it doesn't feel rushed it doesn't feel like it's it's missing anything it doesn't feel like it's reducing or overhyping or over exaggerating it's literally playing the the true horror in an honest sort of light using the constraint you know with the constraints that it had um whether that be budget time whatever it's 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 very well written with all that in mind yes i'm going to agree with you both um excellently put i again it's again more accurate i think if you want to know exactly what happened at sobibor I think you go and you watch the 87 version. If you want the the Hollywood version of events, yeah. you can watch the 80, the 2018 version. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't mind creative license being taken to stuff. And, you know, they kept, yeah. kept a lot of the stronger elements and the stronger moments and the, of the true story in the 2018 version. I think that was, I think that was right to do. I think that, you know, in some ways they still honor those, those moments, but yeah, overall, I think um, just getting across the daily drudgery, the, the, the layers of unraveling the experience. It's not like, like we said, we, we have a good 30, 40, maybe even 50 minute experience of what goes on there how it works in this in the 18 2018 film it's probably 20 minutes it yeah. goes this this happens this happens this happens this happens go get to sasha quick you need sasha in this film it's about sasha. Yeah. it's like it's like people complaining that you don't see the hulk for the first hour the people are like we need to get to sasha as quick as possible yeah. plus the main star um, Konstantin Bensky, I want to say, uh, he also mm. d- directed and starred in it. So oh. take take what you uh, want from that. But yeah, he's he's the super the Russian Superman. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's a propaganda piece. Um, it feels like there's you know because again, like a lot of people think you know Pachersky was the guy who came up with the plan and everything, but actually. I've seen interviews where they've gone absolutely not. We were planning to escape from day one. We had yeah. ideas, you know, they didn't happen or they failed or this happened. But then when he came along, that kind of germinated this version of the plan. So yeah. uh, his skills I, at combat, his skills at war, absolutely. his knowledge, mm. you know, and again, it, it, it says it, it, it fed film. into it rather than being the rather than being the the. the the thrust of it he, he fed into it yeah exactly mm. he was he was the final piece of the puzzle and yes yeah. like they they them working together them knowing the camp the polish prisoners who've been there from day one knowing the camp and then pacherski knowing the the game of war that's what happened that's what came across but again in this in the 18 version it's just like i know what to do i'm super confident people died last time don't give a fuck we're doing it anyway Woo! yeah 
Come along. Fire all the guns. Come along, <laughs> Jewish people. I'll save you. It's I I don't like that aspect no. to it. Again, it's probably me being too looking at it too politically, maybe, but I don't know. Uh right. So just, that was go on, uh, sorry. An interesting thing that I've learned I was casually browsing whilst you were talking. I was listening, I promise. Uh so this film released 2018. So how long do you think it would have taken to make? Two years, maybe. January 2016, he was awarded posthumously the Order of Courage by ah. Peter. So January 2016, he was given this award after his death, and then they started making the film. Just, you know, just uh, maybe gave a hint a little the wrinkle. way it was written. A little wrinkle. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, P- hey, Putin, you, you, you like that guy? Oh, great. We'll make a film about him. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So, I just thought that was relevant to the right. Again, again another political wrinkle in the, in the, in the state of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about Russia in these last few podcasts. Um, anyway, next one is your favorite, Paul acting but i'm going to go over to andy first so you you can sit on the the bad acting inside which is worse oh now this one is this one's interesting because like you say the 87 one has that odd sort of mixed bag doesn't it (laughs) um i guess there's more characters so there's more of a likelihood you're going to get more bad acting yeah true and and yet with the 2018 one you do get the, the cackling jokers. Um, oh god, it, it's a difficult one because I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Oh, Christ, I'm trying to think. Um, think of I all think, the actors. I'm, I'm so in. All the yeah, characters. this is the part where you're going to cut out of the podcast, isn't it? When I'm sat here going, Rush. <laughs> um, no, I keep it in. all of this going in. Uh, oh, good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna think squarely in terms of the impact, and I think I get more I got more of an impact from the performance of Alan Arkin as opposed to the performance of anybody else across the board mm. in both films. Ruggerhauer's you know he's, he's Ruggerhauer. You, you you get what you get with Ruggerhauer. Solid solid performance. You know it's, it's just him. You know. He does what he does, and he does it perfectly. I think, on the balance, I think Alan Arkin's, you know, understated performance at some points throughout the throughout the eighty-seven film, just sells, you know, the 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 thought process, the the hiding of the plan, you know, the knowledge of the horror that goes on. We see those flecks of emotions when the people are first coming off the trains at the beginning of the film. We can see what he's struggling with. He knows exactly what's happening to these people. We know because we can see it in his eyes. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to do anything. We can see it. We can see it clear as day. And that's that's the measure of good performance when the story is being told, like we said before, when nobody's saying anything, when he's not saying anything. And I think, I think just based on that, I'm I'm inclined to go with the '87 film. I think his performance is is brilliant. It's absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. If it wasn't a TV movie, you you and you see his performance, you think, well, God, should he be put up for a, for awards? You know, should he be mentioned? I think it is. It's that good a performance. It's got so many layers to it. When he does, when he does wrestle that kid to the wall and says, oh, "You need to fucking calm down. You need to, you need to." Need to think, 
we're doing this because we have to do this. We have to survive. That's why we're having fun. That's why we're enjoying it. That's why we're laughing and joking because it's the only thing we've got fucking left. We don't have anything else. It's hard hitting and then it's it's emotionally charged for all for him. It's an, an emotional performance right the way. We don't always see it, but you know what what moments we do get from him, you do feel it. You can feel it coming through. It's always so, it's yeah. always simmering, isn't it? Just underneath, and, yeah, yeah. And it, it comes out when it needs to. Mm. That desperation, yeah. It's, yeah, it's fueled by his own experiences. We don't see what happens to his family. We don't. We don't. We, we're told we don't see what happens. We, but when we're told from him, even though it's it's so quick, you you still get that raw feeling of emotion and i don't think i think that's missing from the 2018 it's it doesn't feel emotive There's, i don't i don't get any sense of emotion i don't get any sense of you know you do get the moments of loss but like i said it is it's shock and awe in the mm-hmm. 2018 ones you, you don't you, you don't you don't settle with anything really it's definitely emotionally uh... There's an immediacy to the 2018 version, like everything mm, yeah. there. It's all it's all now, right now, happening now. Yeah, they don't think they don't question the future. They don't look into the past. Really, mm. it's like, oh, well, we got three days. Let's go. Bah! You know. Yeah, I and mean, in some regards, that 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 does work. Um, mm. You know, it's a race against time. Sure. It's now or never. You know, now or never mentality. We haven't got time to think about those that are that are gone. We haven't got time to think about those that have died. The only thing that matters is getting out of here. However, it's that slow, it's that slow acceptance, you know, of their fate. If they don't do something in the eighty-seven one, I think is is much more impactive. It's like, well, nothing's changing. We're not we're not going anywhere. But what happens if somebody, if the commandant changes his mind tomorrow, comes in and goes, "I'm bored of you people. Oof, you're all you're all gone." It's it's that mm. it's that horror. It's that impending doom, and that's captured in the performances more in the 87 one rather than 2018 one yes uh paul yeah it's hard to disagree with a lot of that it's um 2018 i think the if you took the average like it there's good acting sort of Hmm. for the most part along as if you took out the guards which you could (laughs) argue is as much about the directing, uh, the acting, because yeah. you can't put all of that on an actor. You don't give an actor those lines and mm-hmm. that comes out. The average, I think, on the 2018 is probably steadily good. But the 87, the peaks are just so much better, I think. I think that one of the standout performances that kind of goes under the radar a bit, I Unsurprisingly, I can't remember the character's name, but in the in the eighteen, the guy who finds the the ring that he made. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, his sort of the way that he shows his spiral into, I mean, just whatever was going through his mind. I think that was really good, um, mm. but that was just kind of in the background, and that was that was kind of the standout for me. The the others that were really going for it we're just going for it in weird ways i just like no again daddy issues why the daddy issues it just doesn't make sense um but why did they put on all the jewelry for no reason why is the why is the guy just taking pictures yeah again not not explained why Mm. like lead somewhere with that please you've added it in for some reason just go somewhere with it um 
is just going to get shot, fall over, and just just that's all they do is Frenzel and Pachewski just stare at each other every so often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every so often, just look at each other and go, "Oh, we're looking at each other. We're looking at yeah. each other. What's what's going to happen?" It's designed to be intimidating, but you don't get any sense of that at all. No. It's just it's just weird. It's just yeah. weird. There's no there's no tension. There's no there's yeah. no palpable tension. It's just. And the guy, the guy, the guy who plays Pachewski in it, I don't think he's changed. I don't think his face changed throughout the entire no. thing once. Mm. When, when he's happy, when he's sad, when he's in pain, it was just like it's kind of a standard, just yeah. dull yeah. expression. But yeah, no, I have to agree with you yeah. guys. I think if we're talking, if we're talking again, peaks and troughs, I think. Yeah, like generally, I think they're they're pretty good acting. But again, is that because there's so many more years of, you know, our acting techniques have changed yeah, and filming techniques mm. and uh, direction styles have changed. Maybe that maybe that's a factor. But um, just that just that moment for me when Alan Arkin's talking about fam- finding his family's belongings mm. and he just. He just fucking breaks down. I think is superb because he's he's yeah. mad and he's like all of it, and it it catches him out of because he's going. I found my family stuff, and then he start and it, it catches him unawares, and he's yeah, like, he's like that, that's 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 quality performance. It's like being aware that even in pure anger, mm. that it, that that memory would probably cripple somebody, and mm. he he plays it perfectly like that. Yeah. It cripples him as soon as he utters the words. It just cripples him. It's it's. Great performing, great acting. So, like that scene alone, I think for me is is just the staple of the acting. If you don't, you know, if you're just looking to look at this film and just have that clip, and you'll just go, just an excellent bit of fucking performance yeah. acting. And again, he so many so many things are going on in that. Just in that one little, I don't know, thirty fucking seconds, he's got so many things yeah. he's thinking about, so many layers. So much stuff that's going through his head, the the ideas he's trying to convey to Shlomo. And yeah, absolutely. So that's two points to 1987. What's hey. next? Uh music. Okay, Paul. Let's hear it. Uh-huh. Again, that's a difficult one because it's the you're talking about a film which is almost singing from the lack of music against a yeah. film which is, you know learnt from you know all the techniques and all the technology and has got this nice musical score and is trying to use it to tug at your emotions and then a film which is just absolutely brutal with it it's like we're going to play you some songs but only as the people there would have heard them so fuck it i think yeah just for the the pure impact it's got to be the 87 again because it, it uses it so carefully, so poignantly, it uses the lack of music so carefully. And it, it's, again, it's that almost that we need to do it, so therefore we'll do it in the later film. You know, this is what needs to be done, so what music should we put here? What music should we put here? Mm. Whereas the earlier one, it's like, do we need anything? Mm. No. Okay, yeah. done. What What would have been there? This would have been here. Okay, play that then. And yeah. It's done perfectly. There's there's a couple of times in the earlier one where there's like prisoners playing uh, instruments and they do that and that's done really well. And then that's basically, that's what you get in. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's got to go for the for 87 again. Andy? 
Yes, I think we're we're just constantly agreeing across the platform, <laughs> aren't we? Um, but you're right. You're 100 percent right. Um, the 2018 one does exactly what I lament sometimes in war movies, where it's just where the the music just overrides and is overplayed mm. for the sake of having it in. Or we paid we paid for this orchestra. Or we paid for this man to twiddle the knobs. We may as well make him work. Um, it comes at the expense of of real tension and that's what the the 87 film creates the the music that's played is another another element in the horror it's another element in the horror when you when you first hear it it's it's all part of the grand ruse which is even more horrifying you know the the these guys playing the music they've only been spared because they can play a fucking instrument um it's it's horror they they've been spared because they can assist in the ruse to usher other people down the fucking corridor it, it, it's it's horrifying it it yeah it, again it's 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 like that that scene in titanic when they start playing on the deck and then it filters in you know to to show the rest of what's going on throughout the ship that's the effect it has obviously you get this fucking ridiculous music in titanic but um in this it's it maintains it maintains that constraint it doesn't allow itself to to blow over you know to you know be there unnecessarily in quiet moments or in really intense moments it's allowing the horror the the devastation and the misery to play central because that's the most important thing you don't need anything else what you're what you're being treated to visually or not as with the 87 one and what you're hearing the effects everything else is much more impactive than any any violin or trumpet would ever be so when you do hear the music like 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 we've said before you 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 instantly go oh oh god here's the next phase here's what's coming next something's going to happen and it 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 makes you sort of go uh you know I think, yeah, I, I think it's the choice. It's how the music is used, not the music itself, I think is is the key point. And the key factor here is, is that is how we're deciding on this. I couldn't tell you what the score was in the 2018 version because it just feels like generic World War II sad music. They've put that in a search engine and that's what came up. Sad, generic music. Um, but like you said, it immerses you in that. It's um, oh, what's the word? What's the word? Um, something genic, is it? Um, um, when it's like real life sounds and music are played. I can't remember what it's called, but the term. But um, uh, something. It's something genic. No, I, I can't think. But no. I can't think off the top of my head. But it, it basically brings you into the character's shoes. Is it, hmm. it because we hear that music as it comes in the classical music when they're playing the music in the scene where they're dancing. It's all that. So, so yeah, it's it's all those type of things. So, agreed. Again, uh, we don't kind of don't need to do the last two categories, but we're going to do it. Uh, so, next up, cinematography. Yeah. Go on, Paul. This is difficult again. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a difficult one because I have a, a heart and a head on that one. Again, it's, I think, again, the later movie uses all the technology that it's now gained and all of the this, that, and the others. Use, grading on a scale mm-hmm. based on when it came out and what was available, I think I've still got to go for the earlier one again because it, it 
it's a lot again it's a lot more basic but the fact that the later film has all of these techniques and just kind of again it just seems to want to overuse it it's like we've got to use all these things we've got to use all these techniques the earlier film didn't use much of anything uh partly you know because of what was available partly because of the budget maybe it's not that great but i think the fact that they tried so hard on the later film and it just went a bit bit too far like we said at the beginning it's just turned it into a bit video gamey i think it's a borderline one for me but i think because they've gone that bit too far it kind of annoyed me in a way so <laughs> more out of pettiness than anything i've got to give the point to the 87 film okay okay it's uh, maybe arguably it's not great but they haven't annoyed me with it <laughs> it's a basic bitch but i like it yeah exactly yeah andy um yeah it is it is a difficult one because there is there is, there is a lot to sort of admire with the 2018 one with you know the the scale of everything the way the way yeah. it is shot in in certain places there there is a lot to admire um the use of tracking shots um is is really well used again well, I'll go back to it with the whether the picking people going down the line yeah. you know there's a fabulous tracking shot and it it doesn't stop that's what cements the sort of like you know, the, the, it happens, and then we move on because the tracking shots don't—they don't stop when one of the lead characters in the early portion of the film gets gets executed. We briefly see his reaction to being number ten or whatever it is, and then you hear the shot, and he's gone, and the camera is still moving, and it moves past um, his friend, his brother, whatever it is, who, who, who sat next to him, who is the, the the first one in the new set of numbers, just by virtue of being the next one along. You know, actually survives. It's it's. It plays. It plays. Some of some of the the use of shots is 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 very very good. However, um, there are moments that are just unnecessary, and I, I can't help mm-hmm. but think about when they're staring at each other, and I'm just like, mm, I get what you're trying to do, but it, it doesn't. I'm not getting that feeling. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting the response that you want from me. I'm just not getting it. It's it's too it's too up and down. It, it's there's a bit too much. Less is more. Less is definitely more. So again, I think I'm I'm more inclined to go with the 87 one. But it's it's only by by the fact that again, like you said, Paul, that some of it just feels too video gamey mm. for me. It's it's a, it's undone me for for films in the past. Um, I lament the overuse of CGI at the moment. I really am I'm fed up with it. It's doing my head in because it's coming at the cost of story. We get a little bit of that here. I'm not saying that there's a lot of CGI, but the the video game frantic nature of it just undermines some of the story. It happened with Black Hawk Down. It's it's too video gamey. It's too frantic. Slow down. Tell the story. No, we're we're all about the action why you're Ridley Scott, what are you doing? You know, that kind of stuff. Whereas in the 87 one, we we do get those those wonderful shots, the way it's set up, the imagery we get. There's a lot of there's a lot of 
repetitive shots when they're looking out the windows waiting for the commandant. We're, we're sat in the same place day in, day out because those people are sat in the same place day in, day out, looking out the windows, keeping an eye on where the commandant's coming from. So we get those, you know, those repetitive shots. And then we are treated when, when they're rushing to get food and the Nazi saying, I'm bored of this, you're all taking too long. And it becomes very frantic and we're in amongst it. Really, really well done. Really, really well done. Measured and considering, again, that it's a TV movie, the 87 one. It, it, it's great that they, they they did certain things with certain shows because they could just step back and just portray it like, you know, like a TV show would do. You know, a sitcom or something, you know, it's on the soundstage. We'll just sit back and have wide shots. But no, they, they get in there and they move around and you feel like you're, you're part of it. The, the shots when we're, when we when when people are killed, the the, the baby, the, the kid with the dog, the, the camera focuses specifically on the reactions of the people, their face, we get right up in there. Yeah, it's it's much more impactive, the cinematography, much more impactive. You get a real sense of like like we've said, the desperation. So yes. Well not hundred percent, but no. just by just by impact alone. Uh, yeah, it it has to be the eighty seven one. I I, I question this one because there are there is a lot of stuff I like about the twenty eighteen version, the way the angles yeah. and the way they the way they present stuff and uh, and it feels kind of grander in in a weird way, but also not also smaller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, from what I'm hearing, Andy, the twenty eighteen version, you're saying it's so frantic. It sounds like it needs to slow mo. <laughs> Good God! Am I right? All right. Oh God! This is, this is not slow, slow down more. Slow mo. I think I'd be remiss for saying that we're like I'm not. I'm not saying the 2018 one is 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 all that bad a film. It was. No. It was critically praised. To be fair, yeah. Yeah. arguably where those critics came from is, is you know <laughs> neither here nor there. But it, it did. And where, and where they've is, disappeared too. <laughs> but, no, fucking hell. Um, but it was. It was. It was critically praised they did nothing in america the academy ignored it when it, it, it there was a submission for you know the academy awards for best foreign film but again that's politics yeah fuck the academy anyway you don't know what the fuck you're on about um if you did you'd, you'd have had a stuntman category years ago but you don't um so take that where you will but it there, there are there are some good things about the 80, about the, the 2018 film it's mm. just looking at it in a critical vein against something like the 87 film, which is completely different, shot completely different, behaves completely different. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. It is exactly that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I again, I completely agree with you. Again, there is, it is very basic, but again, it, it gets the ideas across, it gets the emotions across, it gets the story across that the 2018 version just doesn't. We that's why we don't connect to the characters. That's why that's why they have to do all the fucking crazy shots because they we don't care. That's why they have to use the music because we don't care. So that's why they're that's why they're hammering that shit home. They're like, oh, we can do this, we can do that. We the, the 87 version couldn't do that. We can do it, but the 87 version didn't do mm. that. Like, look what we can do. Ooh, this shiny new thing. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Right, final one. Direction. Again, don't really need to do it, but let's hear uh, Paul. Uh, or did it, No, we'll have Andy go the next. Come on. Let's talk Wait, about the what, direction. What was this? Direction. Direction, yes. Direction. Well, uh, I think direction ties in a lot to cinematography. Obviously, the direction in the 87 one is is very measured very character focused mm. um 
highlighting, you know, the character emotions, their desires, their wishes, their their fears. You know, we, we, we experience all of that. Obviously, it, the director does some really good work with the younger actors. Um, questionable uh, waving aside, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> Questionable waving aside, I think the use of extras, you know, the way they're directed is is really good. You know, you pinpointed the scene when they're, they're, they're being marched um, into one of the gas chambers and it, it's, it's you know, they're all given specific direction. They would have to be because it's it's an emotive moment. Mm. It's a very hard moment and you know, it doesn't hold back. They don't, they don't shy away from, you know, everybody was asked to you know take the clothes off and have their, their head shaved so yeah it's we, we we get all that that takes good direction again with the 2018 one there are some some good moments i can see the ideas i can see what that what imagery and what what the senses that the director wants to get out of it i mean he's he's fucking starring in it so um it's yeah, do you think it's a bit of Kevin Costner syndrome with the with the 2018 version? Possibly, yeah. Possibly, it's like you're not actually that good. Um, what what reason do you think you have to to control it as well? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the 87 one. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, it, it definitely the 87 one. I'll right. on this purely because, like I said, it's very good at, at honing in right we're going to focus specifically when when you're when you're talking about your family really think about you know really get in there you know you can imagine think about it think about you know your family you're you're angry at this moment but there is something else here that's going to pull through obviously alan arkin's great as it is probably won't take much direction but again that's a measure of a good director if you know you've got a good solid actor who's going to be able to hit those notes for you yeah Hundred percent. Okay, Paul. Yeah, kind of what he said, really. <laughs> um, All of that, just that. Yeah, basically, is that's the end of the podcast. Thank yeah, well done. well done. Should have just said that at the start. What he says goes. Really. <laughs> um, but it might not always be that way. You might think no. differently, Paul. We've had shocks before. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely right. Like. The apart from the bit where he could have just said, "No, come on, guys, we know how to wave, right? Let, let's do that again." <laughs> apart from that bit, it's hard to it's hard to really fault any of it. Um, whereas the later one, yeah, I mean, he can't direct his own face, so it's <laughs> it's hard to. I mean, yeah, he looking thought, at he thought, you know, he thought, you know what, you know what we need in this scene. You know what we need. We need this scene. We need me get my knob out uh, just to <laughs> just to prove yeah. just to prove I'm 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 just as Jewish as everyone else, even though because I am because I'm the director. I'm Mister Fucking Director. Yeah. I know this is it. It's not even funny. Like it feels like it should be funny that section, and I'm like. It's just kind of offensive, really. On well, yeah, yeah, I don't well, understand. If it was like, better written and better directed, it probably would have been. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Apparently, maybe. in like I, this is slightly off topic, but the reason he got Sasha got to this camp was because he was in a work camp in Minsk, and in a medical exam, they found out he was circumcised, so he got sent here. Yeah. So, are they trying to tie that in somehow? I eh, I don't know. Um, 
but they don't yeah. do anything with it. They, like you said, no. before, they don't do anything with any of the, any of the moments that come. They don't do anything with them. They just flitter away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like Marvel films. <laughs> <laughs> but I just what was thought... that moment? What was that? Oh, no. it's gone. All right. It's gone. Don't worry about it. The referencing a character we'll never see. You'll get that in you'll get that in the season, you know, random season in three years' time. You get that in got Secret Secret Wars three, you'll get that. Got snapped yeah. away and it'll come back again a few years later. Don't worry. I, again, I have to agree with you guys. Uh, Jack Gold, the director of the 87 mm. version, um, he did a lot of Morse, apparently, from what I can see on his IMDb. And good thing. night, Mr. Yes, Tom. Yes, so, excellent points there. There you go. Good night, oh, Mr. Tom. Oh, that, what a, oh, fuck, I remember that. Fuck now, now we know. Now we know why it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so, yeah. The 1987 version wins. But if you want to make your own mind up and tell us we're wrong, do it. Watch them both, both on Prime um, and both highly available, as I stated earlier, from lots of places. Go and check them both out. Make your own mind up. Tell us we're right. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us something. I'd like comments. Comments are good. Always good for the algorithm. We're not wrong, though, are we, on this one? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. <laughs> but but no. I, I like being told I'm wrong because I can also say, no, you're wrong. But I, Oh, don't I worry. Was... The Russian bots will come out and tell us how wrong we are. Oh, wait till wait till Ria's podcast comes out. Uh, the one that came out last I, week. I can't. She managed to she managed to offend not only wait. not only the Russians but also dogs and dog lovers. So uh, oh, right. there you go. Mm. That's Ria. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, she'll she'll like that we talked about uh, circumcised and uncircumcised penises. I'm mm. sure. Uh, but that's it, guys. Great that... debate rages on. <laughs> Great debate. Which one's better? Uh, I I I know from personal experience <laughs> about both. So uh, so that's how. And I'm not. And I'm not Jewish, but I know the experience of of, of... future podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, future podcast. Learning about my circumcision. Mm, what a fun time. Uh, what a fun... Will it be based on the film about that happening? Or... <laughs> well, I'm not going to hand it. I'm going to hand it over to a Russian director who's going to make my my my. <laughs> The losing of my foreskin, some heroic Soviet battle. Uh, Set in Blackpool. There's going to be a whole political message about that. Uh, no, just a horrific, horrific, bloody scars on my own body. Uh, that's my own war that I fought. But I don't, I can't believe I'm finishing World War II, <laughs> especially this podcast talking about my own penis. But there you go. There you go. The horror, um, the horror, the horror. The horror. Oh. Speaking of uh, speaking of horrors, Andy, where can people find your own uh, chamber of horrors, um, which is your YouTube channel? Ah, yes, you can find me. Um, quite simply, type in "Angry Andy Reviews" and you'll be greeted with my face. And um, quite recently, I've watched The Flash in all its glory, and. Very run, recently, run watched, away, uh, run Barry, run away from that film. But don't run away from that review. Uh, I've been reliably told by yourself that I'm on form, so there you go. And then uh, recently watched Extraction Two as well, and that was very actiony. Um, so if you're very much into those films, I'd recommend it. But obviously, come back and watch the review and see what you think again leave comments no one leaves comments anymore <laughs> do they <Yeah>. um, <laughs> no, that's exactly what so, we all yeah. want leave us all comments yeah. about something even my penis uh yes. tell me i'm wrong about the flash yes we'll we'll engage in a, a flash what you should do is leave comments about dan's penis on Andy's video, that'll really confuse Please. people. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> then you can you can find me, <laughs> Jesus, at um, 
and the underscore review over on Twitter as well. So yeah. Oh, very good, very good. All in the show notes as per usual, and uh, check out all the links. Uh, Paul, yourself, where can everyone find what you're up to at the moment, or if you've got anything coming up, what exciting stuff are you doing? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> End of the podcast. Uh, good night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Life took over for a bit, so I haven't really done anything for a while. Um, should you happen to want to look at all of my older stuff, just head to superdummy.co. Huge, huge, or as 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 Donald Trump would say, huge, huge. back catalogue. Back catalogue of good stuff. Yes, lots of different things on there, and i vaguely coming up with a plan of what I'm going to do in the future, but it's, you know, vague. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I've just been kind of keeping on top of the pop culture collective newsletter yes uh pccnewsletter.com uh including contributions from the man himself dan mm-hmm. um not recently because i've been trying to organize this shit yeah uh, so <laughs> so yeah but very soon after i've got this done all coming up all some good stuff more content from me i'm plugging your newsletter on every podcast board you are i've noticed I am thank you plugging very much every single one even though i might not have my own content to share and put on it <laughs> I'm making sure people go there and read all the other good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the idea. It's like, we're all there supporting each other and building each other's profile. So hopefully I'm, it's been going for just over six months and I am set in my brain now that I'm going to start poking and prodding some more people to join in. So hopefully the, uh, the range will be expanding and I'll mm. be poking and prodding various people, including people that you have heard from in world mm. war two months. Mm, so, exactly, exactly uh speaking of those people i want to thank absolutely everybody who's joined in uh originally it was just gonna be me and andy and i but i thought i don't think i'm ready for that just me and andy doing four different podcasts back to back <laughs> uh so i was like i need i need some help i need i need i need, need the counterbalance i need, some, I need a moderator need i need something uh so so thank big thank you to tony who joined us for catch 22 big thank you to max burn who uh joined us for on the bridge uh and ria who joined us to do the first comic that andy has ever covered on the podcast in almost five years we finally did a comic and it was sarah excellent comic about female red army snipers and again paul yourself amazing amazing content you've added and you've you brought a lot to this discussion so and i do really appreciate you as a friend and a fellow podcaster well i appreciate you lying to my face so that's very nice (laughs) thank you very much it's been an absolute delight and i am i am very pleased and very grateful that you asked me to be on this it's been a whale of a time despite depressing my life considerably um, we're we're gonna do we're gonna do something maybe next time that's not um not weird, offensive, or full of atrocities. Um, we'll pick something not nice and movies. Yeah, something. Well, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what. Well, maybe we'll reunite you with Andy, and we'll we'll do something real. We'll do like the My Little Pony movie or something. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be good. Whatever, whatever. Something nice. Oh, no, and toy line movies. <laughs> toy line movies. That's a good one. Well, there you go. Yeah, then maybe that's an Toy idea. Movies. Anything based on? Oh, the no, but then we have to watch GI Joe. Oh. Uh, GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
because knowing is half the battle. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everybody. I hope everyone has learned something, has a new appreciation for the, the history. I want to thank Andy himself as well, who has been our historical expert, maybe not expert, but historical no. advisor, uh, military advisor. But uh, we've learned a lot about each other and our, our past and our family members and the interests and, and history in general. Um, now, last week I ended on a song and previously I've just had the kind of general outro. But I think I think this this particular podcast, because it is what it is about, I'd like to end with two minutes of silence um, for this podcast just for us to take in, um, breathe in, uh, listen, and most importantly, remember the kind of atrocities uh, that were done to these people and during the war in general, and the bravery shown by people from all walks of life, be it regardless of race, gender, religion, whatever, during that time, and that we will never, ever forget these things that have occurred so uh if everyone would like to join me in uh two minutes silence um then uh we will call it a day but thank you very much everyone for listening and for taking the time to go on this very very interesting journey one of the best podcasting experiences i've ever done but i just want to thank everybody for their time